And we are live. We are live. Sabaho, everybody. Sabaho, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning with Tech. I am your host. I am your compadre in, in, in this entire episode, I guess. Um, you know, it, today is the 17th. So it's April 17, 2021. It is episode 65, 66. No, 67. I want to say it's 67, and I and hopefully I actually uh, numbered them correctly because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Quinn always does that. He always make, uh, makes fun of me about uh, naming them incorrectly, uh, but I can double check real quick. Um, so today is Saturday, the 17th of April. Uh, we are actually it's a nice day here in Southern California. Hopefully it's, you guys are doing well. Also, um, El Joseph's in the comments. Abajo, Sam. Hey man, how you doing? Uh, Jermaine as well. How are you? Uh, today, we're actually going to be streaming into to three different locations. I didn't realize that my account allowed me to do three locations. We're going to be on Periscope, YouTube, as well as Twitch at the same time. Uh, something very <laughs> interesting. Uh, oh, Devin. Devin Davis is in the chat as well. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. Um, today, this week has been actually a very interesting week of announcements for me because uh, two of my favorite brands in the US are were making announcements on the same day. So Wednesday was like the biggest thing. And of course, on Tuesday, the day right before that, uh, we had the, I guess the embargo was lifted on uh, OnePlus watches. OnePlus watches started making, uh, becoming available for people to be able to pick up. Uh, and of course, for anybody that is uh, basically a, like OnePlus fan or loves the OnePlus brand, uh, this sounded like a good, like a, sh you know, it, it should fit and it works perfectly. And they did actually sell out quite fast. I'm surprised how fast they were able to do that as well. Um, Sean Pfeiffer's in the comment. Hey, man. Um, any new Tesla mods this week? Uh, you know, I didn't actually do any mods specifically, but I am in the process of doing new ones. Um, I'm actually, I don't know why, for some reason, I woke up this morning and I and I started thinking, you know, I saw some videos, on, I think it was it on TikTok or something like that, where they were doing a kit, like, you know, Knight Rider mods onto the actual Tesla, like opening up the mod. But I actually want to, I'm try, trying to get that LED strip all the way in the front because I got, mine is all black, as you guys know. And obviously this just begs to have the mod, you know, the kit lights that kind of goes back and forth. So I think that's probably going to be one of my, my new mod uh, mods that I'm looking at. Uh, but overall, from what I've done, I've installed um, a, a separate uh, phone holder with wireless charging. I installed a screen protector. I installed uh, blue LED lights. I, I replaced the original LED lights that were inside of the car. Um, I'm working on trying to put in a light strip, an LED strip in the car itself, just to get that RGB life kind of going on. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm really liking the uh, the actual aesthetics. Uh, but I do also want to see if there's a... Uh, there's a few mods that allow us to actually get Android Auto running in it, not on the main console, but like a separate screen that can feed off of the ODB connection into the actual screen. And we can run like Android Auto functionality. So I don't have to worry about keep using Tesla's built-in uh, music services because they use Slacker, they use Spotify, which are very popular services. But I'm a Google Play Music uh, subscriber. And I've been since the actual beginning of it. Uh, I was at IO the, 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 the first time they announced it. Um, and I'm still running on the grandfather account, so I, I am I'm Google Play Music for the longer for the long haul. Let's just say that much. Um, uh, is to swivel the main? Yes. So, uh, uh, Mambambo. Mam, hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. I think uh, he said the display swivel. I saw that. And there's a few mods in there. There's a there's two versions. There's the one that just does the swivel. There's one that actually uh, does more of a slightly articulating, but also lowers the display. And I feel like that 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 would be the better option. Um, for me, it, it doesn't bother me much because I kind of sit higher in the, in the car. But I felt like the you know when when I'm working with when I see in some of those options, it's like the ability of having it just at least 
tilt it to my to my perspective as opposed to where you know somebody's sitting there and of course you could tilt it both sides uh and it didn't seem like it was that hard of a mod it was more about um you know just giving it enough time unscrewing a couple of screws in the back and then there's that nice mesh fabric that they kind of put on the back so i've seen those as well um gary as well is in there masby is in there sabaho everybody uh <laughs> so that that one's definitely something that i've been uh, looking into and uh, the dragon ball z light uh uh, lighting may be better than, than the Night Rider. So there are skins also. So I, I was thinking about maybe skinning the, the the actual Tesla. It's like trying to put some maybe some DBZ logos on the side or something to that effect kind of. Because when you have such a like a, a plank, you know, canvas in, in a way, you can actually kind of skin it really nicely. But um, the one th I definitely did inter was very interested in is the one that Saf did where he kind of went matte black on the entire car. So the set, it's almost like a, a matte finish to the car as opposed to the reflective uh, mirror finish that we almost have in there. So we're looking definitely very much into that. Uh, Richard uh, uh, Ratner is in there, isn't it? Ranesh, good morning, good morning, man, or good evening, depending where you are. Uh, you know, it's been an interesting week. Let's just say that. I've been on a couple of podcasts, obviously. You guys have been with us on the best of our week on Thursday night, on a little bit early with Juan Carlos and myself. Uh, and then yesterday I was actually on the, uh, what's it called? The uh, Pocket Now podcast with uh, Josh as well. So I don't know if you guys follow it there as well. Uh, so that was that was also nice. Uh, Hamid Tech Talk, uh, Salam Tariq, Salam, Ahlan, Ahlan. Uh, Matt's in the chat. Good morning. Hope you all do, you guys are doing well. Uh, I have to go back to work catching up with all of you guys tomorrow's show. So tomorrow's show for Matt, uh, Matt and Sam with uh, basically across the podcast. So uh, the biggest announcement, obviously, this week for me was the Xperia line. So we knew we so I, I was part of like a little bit of a, uh, I guess it was a, a news briefing that was going on a little bit before. So we kind of knew a little bit of the information on the Xperia 1 Mark 2, sorry, the Xperia, Xperia 1 Mark 3 and the 5 Mark 3. And so although we've kind of covered a lot of the specifications over on Wednesday or Thursday show and yesterday's as well, the summary of the changes from the 1 Mark 2 to the 3 to the 1 Mark 3 are not necessarily subtle there there is a difference obviously the, the main primary two sensors um they're still running on 12 megapixel sensors in the back and they're still running an 8 megapixel on the front so the heavy focus is still on the back facing sensor setup uh, the telescopic lens on the back changed from being just a 70 millimeter to up to 200 now it has two separate distinctive focal lengths so you have now 24 sorry 16 24 70 and then now a 105 the 105 is an actual focal so it's a setting that where it's not digitally zooming it's actually manipulating the elements the lens elements that are inside of the telescope telescopic camera um, in the back of the phone so this is the weird part about it so here's the, as you can see here that there's three sensors setup looks pretty much the same aesthetically i think the finish has changed but the camera the third camera which is the telephoto is now going to be mounted sideways on the phone enabling us to have something similar to what we saw with Samsung's, uh, you know, the, the the camera setup, not the space zoom, but the setup, just mo more so that it's sitting sideways. But Sony's actually putting in moving elements to enable us to have two separate focal lengths, the 70 and the 105. Uh, battery capacity, as far as 4,500, uh, we're able to go up, up to basically 30 watts of uh, charging, wire charging. Wireless charging is still in there, reverse wireless charging. Um, a major revamp into the camera system application. So the standard default application that we normally have on the Xperia 1 Mark II or the 5 uh, has been changed. It's going to be now more of a simple version of the Xperia Camera Pro app. So similar aesthetics, but definitely built with more 
um, I guess the, the camera pro functions, but we're using a simpler uh, UI element. I'm hoping it changes by the time it comes out. So more like, you know, uh, default mode or standard mode. And then you have cinema pro and camera pro because those are pros. So when you have a pro, you don't go pro simple, you go pro default or standard. So we'll, we'll see. Um, Gary's a fireman's in there as well. Uh, Davin, everybody else. Uh, so Xperia 5 Mach 3 is going to be 1100. So uh, my bomb, sorry, uh, my bombo is saying is, uh, so there's been some rumors. So yeah, uh, I saw the $1,300 price tag. So um, we can start talking a little bit about the price tag and what they're offering. There's a few things to mention. The Xperia 1 Mach 2 was selling, I think, at the beginning, and I think it may still be selling for about 1200 bucks till the 3 comes out. Um, and that was the price point that it came out. In the U.S., we did not have a, a 5G. We had 4G LTE. Uh, the Xperia Pro, which came out later and then actually earlier in 2021, now that one's a much different uh, smartphone. The, the, the Xperia line for what you're getting from 2020 to 2021, you're getting the 888 as, as a processor. You're getting 5G connectivity. You're getting the new telescope, the, the new camera system on the back with the, the 1624, 70, and 105 uh, focal length. So those are all going to be built in. All still focusing on a major 12 megapixel sensors that are the bigger sensors that Sony is able to put in there. Uh, and of course, we also have the ability of going up to 30 watt of, of charging. We have an additional dedicated button now that we didn't have before. So if you really kind of consider the upgrades that they did from last year to this year, asking for another $100 on that price is not really that far-fetched. Now, obviously, the price is in the 1300s now. It's no longer in the 1200s. I'm not confirming this, obviously. I'm just saying this is what it was announced. Sony did not share with us, um, at least from the U.S. side. Nobody was shared with as far as pricing, and they didn't announce any pricing at the launch or the announcement. Um, actually, the, uh, Darim's, uh, uh, Shamshi, actually, that's a good question. Uh, Oppo Watch versus OnePlus Watch, and I want to talk about that in a second. Uh, but yeah, so I think when we look at it pricing, and specifically since we now also have the 4K 120 frames per second refresh rate on the panel, like the amount of improvements that they've done here are great and crazy, and they literally only went up a little bit on the price. Mind you, it is already in the premium tier. So it's the $1,200 to $1,300. We're not looking, you know, from, you know, 1000 to twelve. So I would probably say this. If you ever were a Xperia line fan, if you were a big fan, you had the Xperia 1 or the Xperia 1 Mark II, this is definitely a, an easy transition because it's really feeding into what you normally like. The headphone jack is still there. The design is still very much a similar design. The nice longer form factor, uh, the 4K panel, creator mode, great stereo speakers with support for 360 sound. So I can definitely say that those are things that I feel are great for people to actually look for. So I love that part. Um, so, uh, but I did want to jump back real quick. Um, yeah, no, definitely. The 4K 120 hertz uh, will eat up the... So you have to understand, I think more than likely it's going to be an adaptive rate. It's not going to be running at 4K 120 all the time. And even when we're running standard mode, like when we're running different applications, uh, the panel itself adjusts, goes up and down in resolution to save you battery because... If you think about it, we had like somewhat of an upscaling up to 90 hertz from the 60 frames last year. But at the end of the day, I've, you're going to have the ability of toggling between the 60 and the 120 to whenever you want that. And I feel like those are the, going to be the, some of those options you want to do. Um, and creator mode, as we had before, had some auto mode. So when you switch over to watching content like Netflix and so on, it automatically turns on creator mode. So you get those features and it disables them the moment you get out of the app. So I'm hoping more management on the profile side as well. Um, and HS power control as well is also uh, in there. Um, and it is going to be an OLED panel. Yes, from what we understand, it's going to be a, uh, Rinesh is asking, it's going to be an OLED panel. 
Uh, and of course, uh, the some of the I think the other additional things that they in there now we're going to have 12 gigs of RAM on the Xperia One Mark II, uh, and I think uh, 256 gigs as micro SD card support still in there. Uh, and of course, uh, the camera sensors and of course Zeiss optics with a time of flight sensor on the one Mach three and no time of flight sensor on the five Mach three. Although the five Mach three is going to continue being a 1080p 120, which is what we saw last year. But then you get the new camera system, the dedicated button. There's a whole bunch. Oh, and of course, the biggest, biggest thing in my opinion is the fact we're going to actually have colors. I mean, not a lot, but literally in the U.S. for the one Mach three, it's going to be a black one and a purple one. And I think for the um, five Mach three, there's going to be three colors. I could be wrong, but I think at least in the U.S. it'll be the green and the black one. Uh, so you have a choice, and I feel like that's a great opportunity because. If you guys remember last year when I was trying to wait for the uh, for the Xperia One Mark II to come out, uh, the whole time I was trying to find the one how to get how to import the purple one from I think Europe or even trying to get it from Hong Kong. So for me, those are things that are very interesting. Um, a quick segue because the question came up and I don't want to uh, skip that too far. So it could be a comparison, right? Uh, when when we want to compare the OnePlus Watch and the Oppo uh, Watch, now. I have to compare, obviously, the one that are international. I'm not going to compare it to the Oppo Watch that's based in China. And the reason I say that, there's two versions of the Oppo Watch. The Oppo Watch that's running an OS that is similar to OnePlus's OS, uh, operating system, and I don't have access to that. The one I have is the, uh, the Oppo Watch that's the international model that's running Wear OS. So first thing we'll talk is the design. One is more of a rectangular uh, with curved displays, kind of like a smartphone. The other one is a circular design, so look more as a traditional watch. Um, Oppo's approach was very similar, using a lot of inspiration, obviously, from the Apple Watch, but more making it into an Oppo smartphone design. Um, it's running Wear OS, connects really nicely, and I think it gets a solid day, maybe a day and a half worth of battery life, uh, mostly because of the capabilities that that smartwatch can do. So everything that Wear OS can do, uh, assistant, um, replies, there's a custom UI running on top of uh, Wear OS from Oppo that allows it to run very nicely, and it's running the Wear 3100 uh, processor. So fairly recent processor, one of the faster ones, not the 41, but definitely one of the faster ones, and about two days worth of battery life. When you compare that to what we're getting from OnePlus currently, and that essentially is a, a proprietary operating system. Uh, and of course, uh, it runs about, I think if I'm not mistaken, about 10 to 14 days. I think that was about 11 days solid from uh, my first charge. And I then had to charge it up to 100% again. Charges very fast. Um, it does not have any of the Wear OS functionalities. And I mean by no, no assistant function, uh, no currently no mobile payment, although it actually does house an NFC chip. So that could be coming in the future. And of course, the other thing that we're talking about is the uh, the design, the aesthetics. It's designed only to work with Android devices, where the Opal Watch works with Android and iOS because of Wear OS. So there's that basically, if you kind of want to put them together as far as a conversation, which one is better? It comes down to what you need. If what you're looking for a great fitness tracker or a, tra a fitness tracking device that does pretty much a good job at fitness tracking, but not necessarily so much at responding in messages and uh, being able to do assistant functionality, smart things. I feel like the OnePlus watch does a very decent job of that right now. It's going to get better with more updates and get better with improvements. The hardware is very solid. Battery life is very nice. And the features that were removed to make it have a long battery life, I feel like it's an easy trade-off where if you want to be able to get the tracking but don't necessarily want to have to respond from your watch, like 90% of the time when you're trying to respond to your watch from your watch, your phone is in within reach, right? So if you're trying to do it mostly work here anyways, I feel like the OnePlus Watch does a decent job. To top that off, the OnePlus Watch sells for $159, $159 on their site if we're able to get it, depending on the, on the availability. So I look at that and I feel like it's something that you can definitely work at 
and enjoy both watches. They're not necessarily competing for the same market share because they're not running the same OS. Uh, and of course, Oppo's watch, in my opinion, I feel like, again, it's feeding into the norm mainstream Wear OS experience. Uh, we don't know, obviously, if OnePlus will be able to you know, replace it or if they're going to try to replicate some of those features. Um, hold on, let me see here. I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, that, that, uh, ROG Phone 5. Oh, okay. So I think here we're... I uh, was hoping for an ESS Quad Pro DAC, uh, like the ROG Phone 3. Uh, so the DAC on the Xperia 1 Mark 3 or the Xperia 1 Mark 2 is definitely a step above any of the other headphone jacks that you see in the market. I'm with you as far as the uh, the quality of the uh, the actual um, the audio interface, as far as the, the audio processing. It's still very, very nice considering uh, what you're getting it with, uh, with and some of the other options on the market right now. No flagship on the market right now, other than like, and I'm talking about top tier flagship includes a headphone jack that's supported very nicely. I mean, LG was the, one of the last ones, and unfortunately, LG, as we know, will no longer be providing new hardware or sell or making new hardware. So at the end of the day, they're literally the only game in the market. So I agree, it would have been nice to upgrade it, uh, but they, that could also be something that they can do next year. But I think at this point, the fact that it is still much better than most of the um, existing systems that we have on the market is still something to appreciate from what you get with Sony. Keep in mind, this also works as an audio input for Sony devices as well as USB-C. Uh, the support for that now with an adapter allows you to use uh, a much closer features than what we got with the Xperia Pro that is literally that has an actual HDMI cable coming in there as well. Um, so that I think hopefully I, I answered that question for you right there. I think I'm gonna scroll down and this is gonna jump like crazy. Uh, is an OLED panel okay? Here uh, I would like to get a Sony Xperia. Okay, so here um, I was saying is, uh, uh, my bum, my bumbo is saying is um, I would like to get an Xperia, but I'm going to wait uh, for the Zen phone, uh, hoping that it will have an ESS quad deck and uh, will probably uh, stick to the LG V20. So I think the V20 is still a very decent processing uh, overall as far as audio and, of course, the removable back, the removable battery, that little smart tick display that we had on the top. There was a lot of things that a lot of people loved about the LG V20. The build quality alone uh, is definitely very nice. Uh, it's not V10 quality build. Like, uh, I think the build quality, but I definitely loved what the V20 did. Um, and again, like once the battery kind of degrades or whatever, replace the battery, jump on to the next one. That's the beauty of it. Uh, but I'm with you. Yeah, uh, you need to upgrade to the one that makes sense to you. I don't think Sony's trying to market the Xperia line, at least the one Mark II, a Mark III, and the five Mark III for everybody. It's feeding into their existing base that love Xperia, the love the camera, the alpha camera experience on a smartphone. One of the many things that I love about the Xperia is that it's a great content creation phone. Um, it has the horsepower to process almost anything you want to be able to get it, uh, throw at it. The one thing that I always felt like for me that was a limitation for me was the fact that the one Mark III or Mark II was a 60 frames per second uh, panel with a somewhat of an upscaling to 90. I mean, you, it's definitely better than 60, but it wasn't truly 90. So to go from one to, from 60 to 120, that refresh rate, especially for gaming, it makes the one Mark III a very compelling, well-rounded smartphone now because it touches on the on the gaming side, it touches on the creative side. It also touches on the content consumption side on a very unique uh, level because we have front-facing speakers, we have 4K 120, we have uh, you know HS power control to power our smartphone as we're playing games. So we're getting a lot of those features that I feel like we were missing last year. And now we finally can use them. So those are things, it, it makes for a compelling story. I don't know if it's a smart enough, if it's compelling enough to take somebody from the one Mark II to the five Mark, uh, to the one Mark III. 
mostly because again if you if you dropped 1200 bucks on a smartphone last year does it make sense to try to jump on another one a year later i feel like this is a good upgrade for the original xperia so the xperia i would say the one uh the one that came out in 2019. um let me see here germaine oh i think germaine is answering uh dominic on that one uh, color OS in China, it's color. Yeah. Uh, so in China, the, uh, the smartphone, the, the one plus, sorry, the Oppo watch is running color OS. It's a color OS style, right? So it's, it's more of the, uh, the smartphone, the smartwatch experience. And unfortunately I don't have access to that. Um, I would have imagined though, I mean, realistically, if it was going to be something running that is not Wear OS, that it would have been leveraging heavily on Oppo's, uh, existing ecosystem, because my understanding, at least the one in China, that watch had a lot more functionality than what we currently have on the OnePlus. So there could be an evolutionary upgrade to that level. Right now, though, it's consistent. It's uh, It has a lot of watch faces, has a lot of uh, you know functionality for training, for exercise, so on. It's IP68, five atmospheres of, uh, of uh, protection. You can go swimming with this, raining, all of that stuff. Uh, it looks nice and it's thin and light. I'm surprised how light it is for how long it lasts. But again, you have to kind of keep in mind, it's really more of a fitness band and a smartwatch uh, body because it's heavily focused on fitness tracking. It's not heavily focused on smartwatch functionality, which I consider to be uh, responding to text messages, uh, getting true notification from the actual applications without getting to get uh, that. The, uh, what I mean by this is... Um, the notification right now that we get are in a system where it's aggregating, I'm calling them like an RSS feed with the name of an app. You're not getting an app logo or an icon. So you don't really get the chance to look at it and say, oh, that's a WhatsApp message. Or you look at it, oh, that's an you know Instagram or whatever. Uh, right now you just see the name of the app right on top. So you have to kind of spend a little bit more. And it seems like they're still working on the software part, which I feel like they, that's why I'm waiting to do my full review, at least till the next update pushes out. Once that update gets out and we have a better syncing for the data, we'll be able to make a better decision. Um, let me see here real quick. I'm pretty sure I'm very bad on the... Uh... So... Um... Mabumbo is actually throwing in a very uh, so. Hold on, let, let me jump real quick. Davin Davis, uh, Sony does does purple awesome. <laughs> as, as former Z Z Ultra um, owner of the purple, uh, it's one of my favorite colors on the phone. Absolutely, that was the so. With the exception of the fact that I didn't want to get the phone without getting US band support, like I wasn't sure if I got the European model and um, that I got it in the US that it would work the exact same way. So there was always that. Um, in hindsight, I think I would have done much better then because I think it would have worked and probably updates would have been pushing to the model that I have much faster. The US, for some reason, we have, uh, we were actually one of the last ones to get Android 11. I mean, it was a running um, gag between my, uh, Juan Carlos and I on the best of our week uh, for a few weeks before we got the update where we were like, hey, TK, let's go ahead and do the update. And we were like, double check, swipe down, let it refresh. Nothing happened. Uh, but I am with you. Um, Mabumbo jumping on a very, very serious subject for obviously a lot of us here. The 888 is not necessarily. The, the, the disappointment, and I feel like a lot of people. So it's hard to, to say that the chip is a disappointment. I feel like the processing power or the sheer horsepower of the, of the 888 is there. Um, and it's actually very much, uh, it's obviously an upgrade from what we got with the 8, 865. The concern and the reason why we, I'm saying this is because we've seen now different variations of the 888, meaning it's present in multiple versions from different carriers, right, or uh, OEMs. So we have OnePlus, we have Xiaomi, we have Xiaomi actually on multiple devices running it. Uh, Samsung, of course, running it as well on their devices. And when you notice is that when you see carrier or OEMs actually putting time to put in the cooling mechanism to provide that processor the amount of 
you know, cooling system to let it run at the power that it needs to run, there actually is some improvements that we can see there. So when we see what's going on with, let's say, devices like Xiaomi, where they are getting warmer, well, that's because they decided not to throttle the uh, the smart uh, the the actual processor, but they also I feel like they didn't maybe address the cooling system on it uh, in a rugged ruggedness enough for it to basically have better heat management situation. Um, at the end of the day, though, playing games on the uh, Mi 11 Ultra is, I, I mean, I just got an update yesterday, uh, it has been smooth. There's no issues with it itself. It does get warm. Uh, and if you're holding it, obviously, and using it without a, without a case, you hear, you'll feel the heat. Uh, but I feel like that's also the opposite situation of what we saw with Samsung, where they throttled the, the experience. And for you to truly get the experience right, you'd have to go in, first increase the resolution and the, refrain, and the frame rate to be able to get the games to play at that level. B, go in and turn on high performance mode so that you can get the processor to run un, uh, un I would say, un, unconstrained in, in a way. Um, and then you'd start noticing the heat and then you start noticing some of the performance issues dipping. It's because they wasn't really considered uh, at the time of you know putting it together. I feel like that's the design, design issue there. Uh, but then when we see what OnePlus is doing, you appreciate what's going on. And then you see that where OnePlus is able to manage some of those thermals and have a consistent performance on the 888. So I really think it's going to come down to every care, every OEM's approach to him managing the chipset, as opposed to just assuming that the 888 is pretty much just the 865 upgrade, but you just need to house it. You have to address it. And um, gaming phones are doing a much better job, like the ROG, the Black Shark, as well as, uh, you know, what we have now uh, with Red Magic's, the Red Magic 6. Which, by the way, I'm going to be dropping the review for that one next week. I'm finishing up my testing on it. Um, there's a lot of things to be said, of course. Um, Earl Owens, my next phone will be a Sony. I, I honestly, I, I'm already with you on that boat, man. It, honestly, I cannot wait to check that out. Um, Sony uh, Dominic is jumping back here. Says Sony doesn't sell the Xperia Pro in Europe because of MMA 5G. It's not live in Europe yet. Uh, we only have sub six, uh, 600, uh, sub six, basically 5G in Europe. And I feel like, yeah, the Xperia Pro was pretty much, I feel like was designed for broadcasters and for the five for the ultra-wideband 5G connectivity. Uh, it works with sub-6. This is the weird part about it. It actually does support uh, Verizon sub-6 uh, millimeter wave, uh, sorry, sub-6 5G in the U.S. And where I feel like the way they're approached to sub-6 in, in the U.S., they're using sub-6 5G to download, but the upload is still being run up on, on uh, LTE. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. That's why I feel like ultra-wideband, when you're able to do like 2,500 down, is like crazy. And uploading it basically, you know, like that. it's just the numbers that come out of that smartphone is just crazy, crazy nice. Um, uh, I love it when I get calls in the middle of my live stream, but no, we're not going to take any solicitors uh, today. Uh, David Davis is saying Sony has always done uh, a good DAC, um, and the um, and the amp that is always combined, which me which seems to be uh, to be weaker than uh, than it should be, and I think that's the concern. They didn't specify what they're doing differently this year, uh, other than obviously that it will be using a higher quality audio uh, interface. So we need to kind of go back into that. My hope is that it is definitely improved. Maybe the improvements on the amp there, uh, but nothing that we can't get a FIO or a FIO uh, to make sure obviously to improve the life there. Um, I like, uh, okay, so uh, Abdullah, Abdullah Sainz, I like the Icon phone, Samsung and, and, and Oppo. Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what that means, um, uh, Abdullah. Uh, maybe if you, can, if you have, if, I should be able to read it and translate it for everybody. Um, 
Dominic saying is, uh, yeah, the 4K 120 on the Xperia 120 was very impressive. And then finally, uh, it finally has the uh, the dual SIM tray uh, in, in the European versions as well. So yeah, uh, last year, I noticed that the Xperia 5 in the US had the dual SIM, where in the uh, Xperia 1 did not. But again, uh, Sony is really doing it. And, and they're also sticking with the toolless uh, experience. You still can actually remove the SIM and insert uh, you know memory cards and so on without needing an actual pin ejector tool. You just literally use a little bit of your nail and then peel it out and it keeps the water resistance that we have there. Uh, guten Morgen, guten Morgen, wie um, geht's? Uh, we have gehört gerade gerade in the in the chat as well. Um, oh man, okay, I just jumped like six thousand comments. I am so sorry. Let me see here. Uh, okay, we're gonna uh, go through. Uh, see if we can do a speed round. Uh, best camera smartphone? Why? phone reply Whirlpool technology i think it's it's hard to tell which one is the best camera experience right now i can tell you that the mi 11 ultra is doing a great job samsung does a decent job with their cameras as well um and when you go also for sony i feel like sony is more of the manual it's really the creator like we're talking creating and sitting in there and composing your subject um, but they also do a decent job when it comes down to auto mode as well so hopefully that helps um let me see here dominic uh love from india man thank you thank you very much uh uh, uh satyapal hopefully i'm saying that correctly hey, welcome good morning uh yeah no again uh, i i love yeah germain definitely great answer here it says it really depends um there this sorry there is a thing that comes down to preference so what your what is your preference when it comes to images what type of images are you looking at social media you know um i would say you know high hdr popping colors kind of type of an experience or you're looking more true to life and something that you're able to work with a little bit more on a, uh, on your phone maybe maybe a snapseed type of an experience or you're also looking for something maybe like more of what uh, like uh, pixel smartphones do Pixel does a great job uh, into you know allowing us to have that auto picture that just you know it's going to come out perfectly beautiful every single time. So that really depends on the smartphone that you're looking or the experience that you're looking for. And I think Jermaine encapsulated that one very, very nicely. Um, my bumbo saying is, uh, I would love to test the Sony Xperia uh, headphone jack uh, quality with a DT770 uh, Pro 600. Uh, oh, the 600 ohms, even higher than the one I have. Uh, would it be able to play without a, without a partner? Um, I can tell you right now that at least with the One Mark II, uh, the 280 ohms version of the 770s works perfectly fine. Um, I'm not sure if the 600 is going to be able to. Obviously, I don't have one to be able to test out on, on the existing hardware, um, although I'm pretty sure the V60 could handle those very, very easily. Uh, but I'll, I'll see. Maybe we'll be able to get a, a pair of those by the time the, the Xperia 1 Mark III comes out or it is, becomes available for us, actually. Uh, Darim is saying um, smart devices, smart device marketing is developing is developing rapidly. Rumors is that new Google Pixel Watch will be more uh, of a tracking app, a tracking type of a smartwatch, and that's true. So we're starting to see rumors about the Pixel Watch, but you have to remember we've seen and heard about rumors of the Pixel Watch for years. People have been wanting Google to release a Pixel, a Pixel, a Pixel, not a Pixel, a Pixel smartwatch line of smartphone or wearables like what we have with with their smartphones. I mean, Glass was one of their uh, earlier developments that that kind of went away. Uh, they went over and they bought Nord last night, the glasses by Nord. Um, and, you know, those hopefully will eventually come back as a smart wearable of some sort and maybe a next generation of those. Uh, so there's things going, obviously, and Google always works on it. 
the smartwatch from Google would definitely be an interesting approach. I'm hoping is that with them focusing on releasing a wearable, that their heavy focus will be more to uh, improve the, the platform, bring better connection and less uh, connection connectivity issues to Android. So those are things that we're looking for. On top of, you know, obviously White, uh, Whitechapel, that's going to be coming up later this year with the Pixel 6 on their own SoC. So they're definitely working on those things. So those are the things I wish uh, I'm definitely in there as well. Um, let me hear. COVID, uh, care, take care of your family, man. Um, Harry, thank you very much. Hope you're doing well. And yeah, be, be careful, of course. Current situation with all, all things like that, of course. Um, let me see here. I think I'm missing. Uh, oh, Rinesh is jumping in real quick. It, um, seems it's only so, uh, sorry, it seems only so much we could do without uh, without fry, frying the phone due to thermals. Uh, phone manufacturers need to put more thoughts into the management here as well. And this is something that I feel like we're, we need to see more focus from the mainstream smartphone manufacturers. Gaming for smartphones by definition or by default, like seriously, the 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 black the red magic six has a dual cooler fan that literally kind of mounts to the back of your smartphone and actually here's a little tip which i don't think a lot of maybe some people may not mention uh, this cooler actually works with other smartphones it has an app that uh, you can download directly with the book that comes in the box and you can use this to put on any smartphone on the market to be able to basically just connect it over usb um, or even if you want to you could just connect it to any power bank it'll turn on and it has rgb colors so yeah cooling is going to be a big concern. I think the one thing that I feel like that always ends up being a concern for us is um, when they don't focus on it and then they sell it as in it's a great gaming phone. So the approach here is also what you do with maybe heavy heavy workloads like compression, um, uh, basically stabilization, editing videos, uh, maybe stitching some of those created content that you did on that phone using the cameras that are in there to post them on social media or send them to friends. Those are the things that you really care about and you don't want your phone to start heating up. Uh, Exynos has been known for that for Samsung smartphones for, for the last couple of generations. Even the 2100 seems to have some concerns. So at the end of the day, when you're looking at things like that, it's going to make the user base feel weird. Like this is going to affect the next generation of the smartphones, not even necessarily this one, because the people that are deciding to buy the current generation of the smartphone are probably coming from like two or three years or older generations, right? So for Samsung, it'll be like the S9, the S10, and jumping into the S21, not realizing they no longer have an SD card. Those are things that you kind of keep in mind. So what I would probably say is, just make a decision based on what you're looking to do. If gaming is the lifespan of what you think that the smartphones needs needs to do, focus on buying a phone that addresses those and obviously do some research and get the smartphone that feeds that. If you're doing it mostly for camera, video, and, and content creation for social media and general usage, then get a smartphone that is focused on those. Uh, there's going to be an option. I mean, this is not a, um, I would probably say, this is not an Apple situation. This is very much a, um, approach to what we normally like and get the phone that kind of fits you. And that's what Android offers us. Um, Jermaine is going to be off in a bit. Have a good day, people. Hopefully you're doing well. Definitely. Thank you very much, Jermaine, for stopping by as well. Thank you very much. Let me see here. Um, oh, Davin Davis. So the 888 is much better. Is a much better version than the 810B uh, comparatively, uh, but uh, not really when it compares to the 810A. So if you guys remember, Qualcomm obviously had a massive issue with the A10 chipset uh, back at the beginning. I think it was like a few years ago around the Pixel 6. I want to say the 6P, uh, the 6P, sorry. And 
one of their biggest concerns, obviously, is it felt like that that chipset ran hot regardless of what you were doing. So it was literally overheating. A lot of people were having a lot of problems with them. And then later in the year, uh, Qualcomm released the A10B, which is the second generation of it, addressing some of the heats by underclocking the processor a little bit so that it allowed us to have better thermals and the phones were able to run better. It was still overpowered for the sense of what you needed. But at the end of the day, it was more the approach was very different. Will the 888 have that when we go from the 888 to the 888 plus? I don't know. Will there be an 888 plus or will it can be called like an 881 or an 880? I'm not sure how Qualcomm will address it because I think at this point, um, not enough statements have been made. General usage for easy, quick access, jumping in, jumping out kind of thing doesn't incur that, that type of heat. It's mostly on consistent push. Like if I'm using the phone to play games for a couple of hours, you're going to feel it. Um, and it doesn't matter which phone you're going. Even with the gaming phones, you're still going to feel it. But then again, we get we get the the Red Magic device that has a built-in fan, and then also you're able to pick up an XR2 fan. So this phone is seriously running a cooling system on the back of it. So at the end of the day, when you're playing games, you're playing them in a very type of you know, I kind of unlocked it for us here as well. Uh, you're getting that type of experience there, which I think again they're addressing it and they know what's going on. But Red Magic has been doing these gaming phones for a few years now. And when they're talking about basically cooling, they've per, they've almost kind of like felt like this is all they focus on because they tend to overclock and they tend to, they tend to push their devices uh, to the limit. I mean, this smartphone has 165 hertz refresh rate. It's faster than the monitor behind me. That's crazy. Let me see here. Um, Oh, okay, so here's a good question. So do you think Samsung will be switching to Wear, uh, to Wear OS on their Galaxy Watch 4? Um, will it, will that make it better? So I'll answer the second part first because there's a, actually that, that statement is a little bit of a uh, easier to answer first. I'll say this. Samsung watches with Tizen OS run very nice. The concern or the limitation that you're getting there is that you're tied into Samsung's ecosystem and you're tied into, you know, you have the ability of downloading third-party watch faces. You're able to download third-party apps. There's a, a market to, to supporting it. So they're very simple. Sorry. They're very similar in the sense of what they offer. What I feel like if they do switch over to Wear OS, um, it makes it more consistent across the board. Okay. Tizen is a great operating system when it comes to smartwatches. And I feel like Samsung has evolved it enough uh, that if they do switch over, I almost feel like they're going to lose some of those progress that they've already done because some of those optimizations came from them separating from from Google back in the day. And we all wondered, was it, would it ever survive? Would it ever make it? And those are things that we never really got an answer for uh, till, you know, as generations of Tizen OS smartwatches came out. And we noticed that it actually runs very nicely. There's a lot of functionality, but you lost a lot of a, a big portion where all the major uh, per, you know, companies that were releasing smartwatches, they're all obviously betting on Wear OS because that's the open side that you're able to use. Samsung was not allowing third parties to use Tizen and Samsung only makes their own watches, so they're not really going to benefit. So does it benefit Samsung to switch? I think it makes sense. I think it becomes more easily comparable to some of the other options on the market. And then they can start focusing on their software side to provide you that unique experience, that moving the, the spinning crown, the design, uh, their integration into their smartphones that are already running where uh, Android, I feel like will be definitely a great solution there. So hopefully that kind of makes sense there. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, man, of course. Um, uh, on... Yeah, I, I hope so too, Harry. I hope the people kind of kind of get on on board with that as well. Greg is in the chat, man. Hey, how you doing, Greg? Uh, say hi, everybody. Uh, oh man, Greg's in there as well. Oh yeah, I think you guys already had. <laughs> I'm a little bit late. Earl Owen, uh, let me let me jump. Ah, da, 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 da. Nexus, Nexus, yes, definitely. Um, 
uh, is Google smartwatch? Oh, okay. If Google is smart, perfect timing for the uh, Snapdragon 865. So Goran Petrovic, I'm with you. I, I think Juan and I were having a discussion about the 865 or what you know the current 2021 version of it, the 870 would have made perfect sense for the uh, for, for the for the Pixel line. Um, my only concern that I think what ended up happening is that we had that conversation, and literally the next morning we started seeing all the information about Whitechapel. So. I think kudos for for Google for trying it. I think they're the right company, obviously, to be able to do do this work with Samsung to try to create an SOC that runs their hardware. Which, again, I feel like if you don't have true control over the entire system, the ecosystem, the, all the way from the processor, the software, the the design of the hardware that you're going to get there, um, it's hard to kind of compete in a market where Apple just literally does all those things um, directly. So, uh, seeing what we can get from them and hopefully some better thermal management than what we're currently getting with the higher end side. But also seeing what ver- how many versions they release. I mean, are they going to go for one S- basically one SKU, meaning one version of the SOC that runs on the Pixel Six and the whatever the larger version of the Pixel Five Five A is going to be, or is it going to be more um, a separate a separate approach? So the Five A, if if history kind of repeats itself, we should be hearing about the Pixel Five A very soon in, in about a month at, at Google I/O, uh, the 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 virtual Google I/O that's going on. So. If the Pixel 5a does live up to that, and there's a good chance that that one will run a, uh, a Snapdragon processor, um, then we'll have to basically see what Google does as far as improving the performance and, of course, seeing which one they go with the 5a. Because the 5a is typically their budget line, so 350 to 400 or so. Uh, but again, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they're offering. But the 865 seems like, unfortunately, not an option for them at this point. Um Uh, okay, so I'm not sure. It, are we still streaming, guys? Can you guys see? Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I noticed that the number kind of just dipped massively. Um, let me know if you guys can still see me. Um, as on my end, it doesn't seem like there's going on any problems. Let me see here. I'll jump on the on the YouTube app just to kind of see how the stream is going. Uh, actually, hold on a second. Am I, why am I not seeing it? Oh, I'm, I'm actually in the account. That's why. It, you, you don't see the stream... Okay, let me see here. It seems like it's still going. I'll keep it on for just a little bit just to kind of make sure. Let me skip this thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I, th- I think it seems like it's back back up and running. Um, and let's just double check here. And I'll do that. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, I'm not sure if it's back for you guys as well. Uh, hey, Dominic. Let me double check here. Uh, oh, Earl Owens. Um does anyone mention the the Sony ecosystem? You think Sony would make uh, should make a smartwatch? I so I'm not sure if it makes sense. I mean, realistically, Sony is really known for their optics. I mean, they're 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 more about movies. They're more about TVs, content consumption. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it wouldn't hurt for them to make a smartwatch, but I don't necessarily feel like a smartwatch is something that would fit into the ecosystem that's going on right now. I think maybe better integration between their Sony smartphones and obviously, you know, so you have Sony smartphones, you have Sony PlayStation, you have Sony TVs, you have Sony cameras. If you notice, they're all about the content consumption and content creation level. And I'm not sure if they're focusing on smartwatches for wearables. Uh, the headphones, obviously, the department uh, for you know wearables are definitely very nice, but I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be disappointed, and I would be very much looking forward to see what Sony has to bring into that ecosystem as an as a I would say basically a, a foray into giving us a smartwatch that is Xperia, like the Xperia watch. That would that's, that actually has a nice sound to it. Um, 
Oh, so the uh, so Davin actually has a quick question. So how's the heat um, on the Poco F3? So the F3 is running an 870 processor. No heat. The heat is very... So I would probably say uh, this. The experience with the F3 is very similar to what we get with the A65. No overheating, no, th no thermal issues uh, throttling on that. It actually runs very nicely. Um, I haven't been able to run any benchmarks on them due to the fact of some kind of a software bug that uh, uh, Poco mentioned. And they said they're going to be pushing out an update. Uh, hopefully that fixes that issue. But... Overall, seriously, uh, the 870 is pretty much an 865, uh, although overclocked, still not pushing any type of thermal issues the way we have it. You have to keep in mind that the 870 uh, and the 888 are very different architecture. It's literally almost like an 888 to 865 architecture difference. So yeah, no issues on my end. Um, does anyone mention, oh, I think we already kind of talked about that one. Sorry, Earl. Uh, do you have few stress tests on the 870, A60 all run too high? Okay, so um, in the in the amount of stress tests that we've done, so for me, a stress test is to be able to play the games and see consistently no issues, no drop frames, and no th no throttling done on a smartphone for about one to two hours, and that's typically what I do to stress test every single phone. Now. There are other options. I mean, Juan does also different type of stress tests when he's doing file compression, he's doing video rendering. And I do actually uh, video rendering on the, on the smartphones when I'm wanting to create content straight off of them. Um, but at the end of the day, those are not necessarily always things that I, I personally use. So that's the thing. It's like a personal use type of a situation. Uh, do we all create movie, uh, videos and edit them and, and produce them? Not necessarily, but you want to be able to know that when you do that, the phone's not going to bonk and that you're not going to be sitting here as if you're running on something from like two two generations ago. The 865 handles a lot of the performance very, very similarly to the 888 with better thermal management. So the 870, the 865, the 865 plus all had better thermals. Um, and also it had a separate uh, architecture because the modem wasn't even built into it. So again, 888 has an inherent issue, but it needs to be addressed. I don't think it's an issue where it made it not work. It's just that if they don't address it in the manufacturing and the cooling, uh, it's hard to actually justify it. You know, your approach should not be, this is just another chip from Qualcomm. This is a this is a, a chip that runs a little bit warm when it runs at full throttle. And for us to keep it consistent, you have to cool it better. It's kind of like a PC. If you know you're going to overclock, you always have to put better cooling. If you don't, you're going to get a crash. So it's one of those. Um let me see your same. Um, so not as easily. No, Mabambo uh, is asking, is, is our new Sony phones uh, rooted easily? No, they're not pixel. They, they're, it, it's not, well, I'll, I'll take that back. The problem is when you root a smartphone and, or if you, let's say you unlock the bootloader, you lose the DRM, which has 90% of the functionalities that Sony disables in there. So even if you are able to root it, uh, the steps to go through to keep DRM support built into the smartphone drop, uh, it becomes more of a complicated and it's very easy to damage a smartphone uh, that that is like that. Uh, and what I mean by that essentially is that if you try anything and it goes something wrong, the phone is literally, and that basically you lose functionality and may not even boot. Uh, and then lastly, your warranty is voided. So there's the other part. This is not a OnePlus approach. OnePlus doesn't care. As long as the phone is working, uh, they'll they'll honor the, the phone even if it has uh, root, if even it has an unlocked bootloader uh, on it. Um, what's the actual difference? Okay, hold on a second. Between the 865, uh, think of it, it 
think of it as it's not really close to the A65. So the A65 and the A65 Plus was an overclock. So it's a one point from 2.7 to 2.8. The two point uh, then and then you go into the 870. Essentially, is they're rebranding the 865 Plus for an eight, for a 2021 by slightly overclocking it. So we're not talking noticeable difference on your end or on my end. It seriously is in the background. So comparatively, performance-wise, if you really want to basically say, is it truly like that much better? Yes, on paper, it definitely is. In real-world usage, it may shave a one or two second off of a process of a render process uh, that you're going through, but it's not going to be the you know 888 performance at an 865 architecture. There's much more difference there on the hardware than just um, just an overclock. There's the architecture of the processing power, the prime core that's running there, the supporting cores, as well as the ISPs that are building. You have a triple ISP on the 888 to a dual ISP on the 865. And the 870 carries that over. We have a, a next, uh, basically an X55 modem to an X60 modem, one integrated and one separate. So there's a whole bunch of different things that are different. Uh, at the end, I would probably say anything running the 870, the 865, you won't even know a difference between that and the 888. Because at that point, seriously, the normal day-to-day -day functionality, it's pretty much on the, uh, not really very noticeable. Uh, but again, you, there are other things that they can do with the processors that you'll notice. Uh, obviously, the processing, through, utilizing the triple ISPs, or even just getting better 5G compatibility because... The, the X60 actually is more of a wide band, uh, sorry, an international uh, 5G compatibility was much better uh, implemented there than what we had with the X55. The X55 was more regional, so you get 5G for the US, but you don't get it for Europe. But carriers or OEMs can actually unlock their phones to run um, on all the 5G bands across the, you know, across the globe. So those are very big, big differences as well. And, and I know I figured what you meant, uh, Goran, is that you meant more on, on performance. Honestly, not really. Uh, the eight twenty, the the S twenty and the S twenty one for the for the general day usage did not really do much difference as far as performance. Uh, boot up, running applications, opening and closing applications, uh, that plays a factor in a certain way, right? So if we think of them as a PC or think of it as like what are the components that are contributing to the speed of our device? So the processor is one part. It always is one part. It's kind of like your PC. The CPU is a part of a chain. So you get the CPU, you get the RAM, you get the storage, and then you, of course, you have the, you obviously have the, the, the bandwidth of your RAM. Um, so how fast is the data able to transfer from the CPU to the RAM and back and forth, read and write on the uh, on the phone? So if you're running a phone that ran, like you say, UFS 3.1, LPAP DDR5 with an 865, it could, it could very well perform very closely to the 888, and you wouldn't notice it on the daily. Uh, again, it's when you start doing numbers and you crunch numbers and you're processing is when you're going to see some benefit going from 865 to an 888. And of course, the temperatures go a little bit warmer there. But no, I, I definitely wouldn't say you can notice them at all. Um, oh, man. Serbifius uh, <laughs> is saying, is, uh, TK, how are you doing? Love from the UK, brother. Uh, I've been loving the Mizu. Ah, the Mizu 18 Pro. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you're loving it, man. I, I got no response back from Meizu, but which is, I'm again, very, very happy that you're liking it. Uh, uh, always, always appreciate when people love the, the hardware that they're able to, to, you know, take, take on and enjoy that. Of course. Um, Dominic, that's what I heard. Oh, Apple. Okay. So let me double check here. Stream seems good on my end. Thank you, Devin. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I didn't see it on there uh, on my side. <laughs> Gary, Gary going in with the with the with the youtube 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 always always um we had to refresh yeah I, I i guess something went up i'm not sure what what ended up going on 
Qualcomm is really lagging behind. I had AMD. Uh, if AMD would join, it would make uh, it would make a better ARM processor. So AMD is, from what I understand, at least they are going to jump in on the GPU side more so than the uh, than the CPU. But I'm with you. Um, I think AMD can definitely disturb the market if they had to jump into it. Um, I think MediaTek is is coming up very quickly, but they're still not in that same realm where that we can say they're very much in competition with what Qualcomm is offering. I feel like Media MediaTek focuses on everything else on the market, like your smart speakers, your smart TVs, your smart uh, whatever device that you have in the house, like a smart switch. Um, all of those things are running on using the um, MediaTek processors, and I think MediaTek is more thing in more things than we know. But Qualcomm is still in a certain way and at a very top, pure, you know, premium experience, where I feel like a lot of people like. Uh, so it's one thing we'll have to see if the AMD does jump in. Uh, we'll have to see how that kind of works. But again, with the GPU system, I think that's still a very big, strong uh, approach to things. Uh, missed missed comment over the last. Oh, dude. Okay, it seems uh, it seems to be uh, the only me. We had to refresh. Uh, yeah, it seems like there was something that went on. I guess Davin is responding back to Gad, Goran's going in there. Uh, yes, uh, gamers unboxing. It, yeah, it, it always ended up being that with with all of all of the fans, all the obviously the the supporters from India. They always uh, ends up being the whole time difference kind of going on. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think we kind of we get to the point where it's almost midnight. I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, the timing wise on on our side here. Uh, <laughs> Aditya doing uh, hitting it up out of the park. Thank you very much with the super chat. Ramadan Mubarak TK uh, and all hope uh, to all who celebrated. Um, it, I, I have a have a blessed month ahead. Take care of yourself and and don't hesitate to take time off if needed. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna lie. First, thank you again, Aditya. Uh, the first couple of days, uh, first two or three days that kind of started with Ramadan, the adjustment period. That took me a little bit of adjustment. Um, I, and I can still say that at the end of the day, like around three o'clock or so, um, yeah, let's just say focus level is not as as sharp as it is like early in the morning. That's why Saturday morning with tech works great. Uh, and then of course, um, it just, it's partially, you know, like you get used to it after two or three days, you don't even get hungry. And it's not the hunger, by the way, believe it or not, you can go for a lot longer time without eating than you can go without eat, uh, drinking. So I feel like, because we've done it too, my wife and I have done the, um, you know, one meal a day or you know, eating between certain hours during the day, like, you know, fasting for 20 hours and then eating between like four hours or so. Uh, and those I typically don't have that many problems with at all because I'm able to drink water. I'm able to stay hydrated, of course. Uh, and of course, have my coffee in the morning. But with Ramadan, that's the, the shift. Um so if you guys are uh, not familiar with it, as I've probably heard, probably uh, the uh, the thing is essentially is we just don't eat from sunrise to sunset and we were able to have a meal before. So you're able to start your day right. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Um, yeah. So uh, Demir is actually uh, is actually saying, yeah, uh, AMD is joining in, uh, and uh, AMD is joining Samsung. And, and of course, MediaTek is uh, NVIDIA is joining MediaTek. Uh, if you've heard of the news of any future MediaTek um, uh, SOCs uh, possibly getting RTX. <laughs> Dude, the moment that happens, sign me up. I want RD, uh, RTX on everything. Uh, I've been on the hunt for a 3080 for for the longest time. I can never find one. Um, and I feel like at the time when the 3080 Ti drops, we're going to be like, where's the 3080 Ti? It's just never going to happen. I'm still running on the 2080. It's still more, very powerful. It just, 
every once in a while with any of the latest updates that I've been receiving from NVIDIA, I'm starting to see some of the hiccups in the performance when I have dual monitors. Because I actually use D monitors behind me, by the way, not only just the game, but when I edit videos, I use the top monitor as my viewfinder. So I have a big display to see the videos playing and then my timeline is playing, uh, playing on the Odyssey, the 59 inch uh, cross <laughs> a diagonal there, uh, 49, sorry. And um, so overall, the, the experience works great, but every once in a while, there's a little bit of a hiccup. So I, I've always always looked at everything. Um, so Gary, I think, yeah, so that's the challenge, uh, and especially for, for the Saturday morning with tech, because it is a, I typically, as you guys know, I always have my glass of uh, you know water, I put some Tang in it, or I put some Fanta, I forget, like whatever those drop uh, liquid things. And I have no problem continuing going through it. And we've been doing good. We're almost at the hour mark. And I don't feel so bad. Uh, but I could definitely feel like, yeah, uh, it's the mouth is uh, not necessarily as hydrated as it was uh, like last week when we did the last show before the Ramadan started. So we'll have to see how that kind of goes in there. Um, uh, definitely. JDJ uh, uh, saying, uh, what is the best thing you remember about Ramadan? Any special light traditions? So... Honestly, what I have to go back to Ramadan, my, my favorite ever, ever, ever memory would be back when uh, when I lived in Lebanon when I was a kid. So there's a very big different experience about being in uh, has, celebrating Ramadan or at least, you know, being in Ramadan in a, um, a country that actually celebrates it, the whole country that celebrates it. So I'm not trying to say that it's, it's not the same kind of experience. It's different here. Um, but I remember the big family dinners, the big family iftar dinners. Those are the memories. Those are the the best memories that I miss. Um, also in Lebanon, this is the biggest thing. The dessert places are crazy. Like the, the the innovation in dessert in the month of Ramadan are like crazy. And there are desserts that are only made in the month of Ramadan that you have to only buy them there. Uh, one of them is called kelej, and it's like a pocket of. Um, I think it's cheese, if I'm not mistaken. And it's basically deep fried and then soaked in, in rose water syrup. Uh, and it is just absolutely heaven. Uh, what we used to do, which was always, always the thing. So you'll have iftar, you you know, do the, do all of the stuff, you do the prayer. And then after that, the family would go down and walk over to the shops where they have all these big pans filled with those things. And you would buy them and everybody gets a piece and you get a bit of the syrup, you dip it. Oh my God, I'm having flashbacks to when I was like very, very young. So yeah, um, those are things that I, fortunately, I, there's none here. Um, Kilej is available here as, as a dessert. I don't even know what the English word for it is, uh, but it's only sold uh, as, uh, as uh, to take home and then you have to buy a whole box and there's a whole bunch of different things. It stops being that experience where you want to be able to go down to a store and pick it up. So I would love to, if I was ever able to, to do that experience, especially for for, for for Ramadan, especially for people that are able to celebrate and want to enjoy it. Those are memories that I always, always miss. And I don't know if, I hope one day my, I'm able to do some of those things as well with my son so that he can enjoy those. But yeah, um, yeah I think I'll then jump over your experience. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, I am, okay, Sony, da, da, da. let me see here. Um, I've seen I've seen videos of the community. Yeah, even if they're, they're not breaking the, uh, the past, the uh, okay, fast and uh, being fast in Indonesia, uh, it looks very nice. And think okay, so I think Aditya is answering somebody else. Um, so to me, the Xperia One Mark, uh, the Xperia Ten Mark Three seems like a perfect Pixel Four alternative because of how similar they are. So there is the other part. Yeah, the announcement actually covered three different Xperias. There's the One Mark Three, the Five Mark Three, and the Ten Mark Three. And the Ten Mark Three is really more of the budget line devices. They, they still, at, as, um, I guess, retain some of the primary new benefits, but they don't. You know, they have a lot of things in there that obviously are geared toward the mid ranger. 
And I feel like this is something hopefully they can bring to the US because it's not really intended. It's a European market. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, very much a, a direct, uh, you know, I would say kind of close in that experience. Although it, again, it does come down to basically how you like your images processed. Do you like the control of what Sony does on their sensors? Or do you like what Pixel does with their processing uh, system, the algorithm? So those are things that we're going to definitely have to see how they do, um, especially since the Xperia 5, 10 Mach 3 will be closely coming closer to the Xperia 6, sorry, the Pixel 6, which again, will be running a brand new SoC. So we'll have to see. So we know we're not even sure as far as how the 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 the, the cost is going to be on that one as well. Um, so with that being said, I did want to talk to you guys also about something that is interesting. So smart glasses from Razer. Um, so we you probably already saw the announcement. So Razer pushed out some glasses on the market. They're called the Razer Anzu. So the Razer Anzu are uh, glasses or smart glasses that are intended for gamers. So they have blue light rejection. They have some of the technology. Actually, we'll even do, do that one as well here. So uh, the main thing that they have here is obviously the uh, blue light rejection, the ability of having obviously built-in speakers, touch control, low latency mode for gaming, uh, and of course, Bluetooth connectivity to your smartphone to uh, give you access to those, uh, to obviously the speakers and so on. Um, for me, I decided to go with the larger frames and I decided to go with the more square frames as opposed to the circular one. So a little bit of a quick uh, change in, in design. Let's go ahead and put this on. So uh, <laughs> a couple of things going on. Actually, forgot to mention. Uh, there's a couple of LEDs in there that are sitting right there in the actual glasses. Let me see if I can get these to, to here. We, oh, actually, you, you guys can actually see it. It's focusing so closely on the, on the razor that everything else is out of focus. It's crazy. Um, so they work. Pretty much obviously like regular glasses. These are not uh, pres my prescription lenses, which although I actually do need to clean. Uh, that's the problem with glasses. You always have to clean them. Uh, but they're lenses that you're able to replace. They include a separate pair of uh, polarized lenses that are intended to make them so that they can be used outdoors for sun. Uh, but again, smart, smart glasses that are intended to be worn. So uh, let me know, what do you guys think? Uh, let me know what you guys think actually the design. Uh, it definitely changes the look. I'll have to rebrand the channel if, if we decide to stick with them. Um, I like them. I like the way they work. Uh, the audio on them is actually very nice. It's a directional micro uh, speakers in the earpieces that sit right at the edge of the actual piece. So on, on the back right in there. And um, essentially, it just points the audio straight into your ears. So you put them on. And uh, there is an application that you're able to run on them. So hopefully, I can actually find it. Da, 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 da. Uh, the Anzu smart glasses. Hey, here we are. So you can kind of see them right there. It'll give it a second to find them. And if my Sony, uh, if my camera, and ah, couldn't find them. Thought we were connected. What happened? No, I was kidding. Uh, let me see here. So yeah, uh, the overall performance, as far as what you're getting with the smart, uh, let me see. I think I think what happened is I shut them down. We'll have to close. Oh, by the way, they do shut off when you close them. Open them again. And then... And you get that as well. You get the Bluetooth connected. Uh, it takes ten. It takes ten years off for your TK. You look like a twenty-year-old, a twenty-eight-year-old um, who just died there. <laughs> so it does actually. It has a different look. So I don't have my lenses in there. So my my vision obviously isn't corrected uh, because I do wear glasses all the time. Uh, that's really nice because uh, it, it looks no, it looks like a normal pair of glasses. Uh, does it have any of the colors? Unfortunately, no. They have two sizes and two designs. So there's the small and the large. Where the where the one I have is a larger uh, the large form. So uh, you can actually kind of see it right here on the on the side where it says the word large. So that's the actual size that I got. 
mostly because when I looked at the measurements, I looked at the the frame and how it would sit on my face. So I felt like I would have loved for them to have a frameless on the bottom that would have just carried it over. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> It, uh, Gary, it's not only hip, it's hip to the hop to the hippity hop, all of that good stuff, uh, because you can listen to it. And um, you're actually at a low levels. It works really nice. Like um, I can say I can continue a conversation right now. Like seriously, um, we can have a conversation. I can have somebody talking to me in my ears with a very the level obviously lowered so you don't hear it outdoors. Uh, but let's I wanted to show you guys again kind of like the levels of, of how it plays. So here um, I'm going to play a song that so right now the music is playing and it's pointing directly into my ear and I'm, if i'm not mistaken i think you guys are probably not even uh listening to it as much uh but it's something to that effect like as i'm playing some armin van buren right now uh the state of trans 10 12 uh and conversely this could also be somebody sitting in the background that's listening <laughs> i feel like uh the approach to the way these are done are very nice microphones are very good battery life is about five hours um, I'm still working on the full review for it, but I think the overall performance, I've been using them during the week for all my conference calls for during the day stuff. So uh, talking to people, doing things, uh, this is just a different approach than what we typically see from bone conduction, right? So bone conduction sits on the side and it conducts the, uh, the sound into our ear. Technically still has somewhat of a resonance. You're still able to hear it if you're close enough to the person. These do similarly, but what I like about them is the fact that they're replaceable lenses. So I can replace these lenses and I can actually get them, get my prescription done for them, which believe it or not, actually, I'm, I'm very much considering because when I did get my new pair of glasses, um, I did pick up uh, the uh, prescription so that I can order them directly. Uh, they're light, they're not too heavy, uh, and they fit very nicely into the, uh, the design. They're a little bit thicker on the side. So for sure, uh, you're going to see the, you're going to see a thickness a little bit, but that's where the speakers, the batteries and the charging connector is actually sitting here. Let me see if I can get it to focus right there. So you can see the charging connector right there sitting on both ear uh, bands. So you charge them independently. It's almost like two pairs of uh, speakers connected together. So very much uh, Anzu versus Bose glasses. So I would imagine that the Bose glasses will perform a little bit better. I had a chance to play with the first generation Bose last, uh, was it a year ago or was a year and a half ago? Um, and they sounded good, but they, they still feel like they needed some improvements. I feel like the audio performance may be a little bit better. For me, um, so for playing COD or trying to play games that, that are, are fast-paced games, there is a game mode that reduces latency. But there's here's the thing. Um, it gets better, but it doesn't get down to the level, obviously, of wired connection. So you're always going to want to be able to play wired or even a proprietary wireless connection from, let's say, something like Logitech with their gaming headsets. Um, but I think with for calls for mu for general music play when you're outdoors you want to do things and you if you get a call or something like that again you don't have to fumble trying to find a headset you could just turn them on and start listening and I feel like that's the smart function I would love them to to have maybe even more like some RGB options or something like that, that you know when you think of Razer you want to you're thinking of Cortex right automatic RGB configuration alignment with everything so uh, definitely very nice uh, I think overall if you're more focusing on gaming aesthetics this is going to be where it fits. Uh, they're definitely a nice option for smart glasses in, the, in that sense. Uh, you do have touch control, the ability of customizing both sides of the touch controls as far as, you know, single tap, double tap, triple tap. Uh, it launches the assistant. Doesn't matter what assistant you're using very easily by press and holding. And then there's the double press and hold option as well. So uh, very customizable. The app runs very easily. And uh, I think it's one of those nicely. Um, how's the volume on them? So volume level, actually, you know, I forgot about it. Yeah, let's do this. 
So although I don't recommend playing them at this level, let me see if I can actually even get you guys to hear them. So here, um, let me see here. So, okay. So I'm talking to you obviously on, on the same normal level and on, on the S21 right now, um, this is 70%. Now keep in mind the S21 goes above 100, so it's not very high. So this is 150, this is maximum. I'm assuming you guys can hear them, but I don't want to play too much of it without getting demonetized for audio, uh, for tracking, uh, using Armin Van Buren's music. Although I'm a big fan of his, um, I'm sure he would not like me to, to have that much of it in there. Uh, the audio does get pretty, pretty decent, pretty loud. The bass on it is actually very nice and you can tune your EQ that's built into your smartphone. So definitely one of those really nice options. Um, and and I, I'm loving the T-Rex Pro as well. I think I was, well, that's going to be one of the other things I'm going to cover next week. Yeah, <laughs> Gary's like, hey, we get a copyright strike. No, uh, the volume on them actually pretty good, Ranesh. And um, uh, they should okay. They should have uh, something like Google Glasses with a uh, with a uh, yeah, basically a hub, uh, a HUD showing up on some kind of gaming stats. Th that would be the amazing part. Exactly. Like they're at least on the larger frame, you have a lot more area to play with. And having something maybe on the inside projecting on that little uh, on the top right corner of the actual lens, I feel like would also make sense. Um, how is the front facing camera? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm saying I'm not sure which phone you're referring to. If you don't mind maybe uh, referencing which one it is. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really liking them. So I've been using them for playing games, uh, mostly because I tend to sit in front of a PC all the time. And blue light rejection honestly on, on standard glasses they don't usually have them so having something like this so i'm looking forward to getting prescription lenses and getting those set up as well hopefully i can get something that also had that i'm not worried too much about outdoors because as i mentioned if i'm not mistaken here so the the box comes in with um, a couple of boxes inside so you get two the main box is the carrier with the cable charger which has a, a small pocket inside of it and then the second box is the additional lenses. So let me see if I can open it up here. So here, da, da, da. this is going to look like somebody's looking at you. So you get these, the two the two extra uh, polarized uh, lenses, and they're easily you can pop them in and uh, from both. So it's easily replaced, very easy, and of course, uh, you can keep them on when you go out. And I think that's what I really like a lot about them. Uh, one thing I would probably say that I wish though, if there was a way to keep the extra lenses, a way to keep them inside of the carrier. So this is nice. This is very functional. Uh, but the only pocket that you have a space for right now is the cable charger that you're able to use. So the cable charger, oh, actually, it would be nice to show you guys. So the cable charger is a decent thickness. So you can either carry this or the actual lenses if you want to keep them. And it has those two connectors uh, that you're able to connect the, the headphones to or the, the smart glasses. Once, once you connect them, it does disconnect the power to the actual, uh, it turns them off. So uh, let me see if I can put this correctly. And here it is. So they kind of like sit uh, ever so slightly uh, on them. You can put them on. Obviously, you can close the lenses and uh, charge them in, in that in that aspect. So it's very nice. And then when you're done, just replace, move them up, and you're ready to go. No issues, never never a worry that you grab the lenses and forgot to disconnect. Magnetics or max, max stripe or whatever you want to call it, similar to the way magnetic connection is always the best, uh, especially when it comes to these things that always, always give us, uh, I feel like, the best experiences. So let me go ahead and just tie them off. We're doing it live. And then... Again, in the case, there's a small pocket. 
and it kind of sits very nicely and there's a cover for it that separates from the back and then at that point you just put your glasses in oops sorry it'd be nice if i put them in the right order right here we are so what you're getting there is this so you get the the lenses and here we are let's see we can get this to focus Ooh. Okay, Sony's not doing it, and here we are. So you can see them very nicely, and then just close it, and it works nicely. So uh, that would have been my only thing. I think if there's anything to be kind of said there. Uh, Majid is asking how, how I'm doing. I'm doing great, man. Appreciate it. Um, so, Dominic, yeah, so you can definitely push the limit um, on the audio uh, on them, although I, I would never play them at that level. So that, that music playing... Uh, volume level at that at 140 or the maximum volume level of uh, what the Samsung can push. It's not, you know, obviously not. Uh, but if you ever needed it for phone calls, you could definitely push the audio up there for phone calls to get them that level, especially if the other party is not speaking very clearly or very pronounced, you know, uh, audio on there as well. Um, <laughs> imagine that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so yeah, th those are going to be things that are going to be coming up very soon also on the channel. I'm, I'm going to be testing them out a little bit longer. I, I haven't had them for that long. I've had them literally for maybe a couple of days, um, but looking very much forward to those. Uh, last week or last couple of days ago, actually this week, I posted a few videos. So we did the uh, OnePlus watch as everybody kind of uh, started talking about them and a few people were able to pick it up. So we're starting to see more OnePlus watch, uh, you know, watch videos coming out. Um, but I also did a video separate for that. I, and I hopefully you guys, uh, I'm hoping you guys got a chance to check that out and enjoy it. It was, um, it was actually from last week when we were able to, we had a, a spring break for my son and we went down to the San Diego Zoo. So I took it with me. I took the OnePlus, uh, not the OnePlus, sorry, the Find X3 Pro. And we, we just documented the day. We hung out with the family. But it was truly one of my funnest videos putting together because every time I inserted a clip into the video, it was like a memory from a good time when we were all having fun um, during spring break, something that we haven't obviously been able to do for a long time. 2020 was very much a paused type of a year. And this year, at least, we're getting some type of normalcy uh, back into the, uh, into the fold in here as well. Um, I appreciate it, Devin. Uh, yeah, always, always. Uh, <laughs> thank you very, very much. Um, so that was a fun video that I put out, but I realized obviously it's it's not going to get the um, the numbers on it and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, I don't think that was the purpose for it. That, that video was really intended to be a, a fun way for me to document this. Now, if I ever want to be able to watch it, I just literally have to sit through that five minutes uh, and watch the, uh, the, the, the video. Um, it was also my first time traveling or going a long distance with a uh, with an electric car. We took the Tesla down to San Diego, um, and lo and behold, there's a special charging area to, to keep the car charged. So as we were walking around for five six hours in San Diego Zoo, my car was getting charged. It was like a very big because we were always going to be like we don't have enough of a charge to go and come back. We also had to kind of figure out where to go to supercharge it and then come back. There was going to be an extra thirty minutes. That actually saved us some time, but also made it very very cool. Uh, so it was really, really nice. And I like that as well. Uh, but the Find X3, man, it seriously is a very capable smartphone. Uh, video zooming during uh, using it uh, in there is very nice. There's no 8K. And I feel that that I think that's actually OK for us. I think if it does decent 4K 60 and it uses the lenses and it has that microscope camera, which I still think even though I'll admit to say, obviously, it's not going to be a lens, a camera that you use all the time. But like, seriously, we were standing in line to get on the tram and I took a picture of the wall and it's in the video, by the way. So and then, of course, I took a picture with the micro lens of the actual grains in the wall. So that is the experience level that we're getting there. Um, the other thing. Um, 
uh, <laughs> measure. I'll, I'll get to that comment measure one second. Um, what I what I also did, I, I think it was on Friday, is um, we went to the um, Carlsbad flower fields. And I think this is, if you guys uh, check out Josh's video, he did a video on the Mi 11 Ultra there with his family. Surprisingly, I was actually there the day before with my family as well, uh, but I was doing it slightly different. So I, was, I took a lot of pictures and hopefully that video comes out this week. Um, I did a comparison between Mi 11 Ultra and the S21 Ultra. So it's basically an ultra versus ultra when it came down to smart uh, to camera experience. So that's going to be the the video that I'm going to be pushing out next week as well. So there's a few coming out. Uh, so the T-Rex Pro review will be coming out. The, uh, the ROG Phone 6, sorry, not ROG Phone 6, the Red Magic 6 uh, gaming uh, review as well. That one's going to go across the channels as well. Uh, and of course, uh, I want to talk to you guys also about the camera's experiences. And that one I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to do in both English and in Arabic. Um, Yes, thank you. Thank you, Majid. I appreciate it. Uh, he's at, he's wishing me a you know, safe travel as well. So you're uh, imagine it. I, I like, I love the ability basically doing that comparison. Um, El Josa, yes. So it, it is very interesting to see what a, a larger sensor can perform. Um, like the, the literally the, the number one thing I would probably say that the um, here, the, the Mi 11 Ultra has is that natural bokeh, like seriously, um, even if I, mean, I haven't had to use the portrait uh, uh, lens on the back since I've had the phone, there's no need for it. Uh, the natural bokeh exists with the large sensor that the moment that it catches focus on the person, that everything behind them just naturally falls off. It becomes that blurred, natural blur, very similar to what we get with, uh, let's say, a DSLR type of an experience. It's almost a one inch sensor. Let's just say that much. It's getting very, very close. Um, and then they pushed out an update yesterday while we, while we were hanging out a little bit at Magic Mountain, which... Believe it or not, I've been to Magic Mountain four times in the last week and a half, and that is crazy enough to say. Uh, but yeah, definitely very enjoyable there. Uh, Michael Peppertech is jumping in as well. Um, I hope that the Mi 11 Ultra becomes available uh, here in the U.S. Uh, without having to pay four to five hundred dollars over the costs for imports. And I think Xiaomi is truly like I feel like if there's a thing that's missing in Xiaomi's plan, well, where they're releasing obviously a lot of devices. I feel like the U.S. market would benefit from having their ultra smartphone because it's a very different 11. There is a series of Mi 11s that are coming out there. I think if I'm not mistaken, there's one more coming called like Social Life or Mi 11. It's not light, but it's more of a like another iteration. So we have the light, the pro, the standard, the, yeah, and then we have the ultra. And then, of course, we also have that new Mi 11 that's coming in. But I feel like the Ultra is definitely a step above. It almost could be its own brand from Xiaomi as opposed to having it basically be an Mi 11 uh, because it doesn't really share any any of the aesthetics uh, approach to other the other Mi 11s. It runs the 888 for sure. Uh, stereo speakers, of course, uh, wireless charging, all of that stuff. But 67, uh, 67 watt wired and wireless. Those are two new ones. Thing. Obviously, it's just a lot of things. And I hope... I really hope that they make it available, uh, even if they don't necessarily have it like, you know, in physical stores and so on, but just sell it on Amazon. Like they have some of their other devices there. It just takes time to show up not without having to necessarily import it. Um, I will say this much, though, uh, if for, for you uh, here is, Michael, um, is that it does not support 5G in the U.S., it does support 4G LTE quite well. Uh, Wi-Fi connectivity and all of that stuff works really nice. So that that's definitely very nice. Uh, let me see here, Dominic. Hey, David Burns made it, man. Welcome, man. Say hi, everybody. Um, here, um, did you put did you put out the Mi Eleven uh, the Mi Eleven Ultra review, TK? So sorry for. So no, I haven't put out the review on that yet. Um, I 
I just, we have so many things kind of going on. I did the initial kind of the TK essentials uh, video on that one. I think it was it last week. And then now I'm kind of working on some kind of camera experiences. So um, the camera video review will, will uh, comparison, comparing it actually to the me, uh, to the S21 ultra will be that the camera experience. And that will cut, will basically culminate the whole thing with the me 11 ultra as a review for uh, finally, uh, which is definitely um, it's a lot of, there's a lot to cover there, but there's a lot to be appreciative here, uh, especially when it comes down to the camera system. It's a big focus of the smartphone, realistically. Um, let me see. Uh, <laughs> thanks, man. MPT, David, definitely, definitely. Um, so has anyone done a Mi 11, a Mi, Mi 11 Lite, Mi 11, and Mi 11 Ultra comparison? I'd love to see someone talking about what's the same and what's different. Um, so being that I've had the opportunity to play with all three, I would probably say they're, I mean, the common thing is MIUI. MIUI 12 is pretty much the exact same on all of them. The experiences are very different when it comes down to the light, to the standard, to the pro, and then to the ultra. I haven't done a video for that because I haven't, I didn't really, I, at the time I was thinking that like people, like if you're looking for the Mi 11 Lite, you're not necessarily considering the standard 11 or the 11 Ultra because that's the probably the price point that you're looking for. But when it comes down to performance, I think overall the Ultra is the best when it comes down to camera performance, screen display, QHD 120, you're getting 1080p 120. Um, and then, you, of course, you're getting 1080p, uh, just depending on the classes. But uh, I could definitely put something together kind of going through since I have all three devices uh, in-house. In and the 11 Pro, if I'm not mistaken, is not coming out in, uh, internationally. I think it's mostly an Indian um, market only. Um, any thoughts on the Mi Mix Fold? I, I'm, I'm excited on this one, uh, uh, little... It's one of those things like you have to kind of appreciate Xiaomi jumping into it. So we had another announcement this week with Folds, obviously TCL. We talked about them as well. So the TCL 10, uh, 20 Pro, the TCL 20L, those are the new series from TCL that are going to be coming out. But they also teased us with a, um, it's a concept phone, right? So it's not a phone that's coming out to the market. At the time at the, when I saw that, because at CES, they told us they were going to have a foldable. So we saw the roll and then we saw the folding. So essentially it's a, it's kind of like half of what the fold and roll role is but more so in just a foldable and uh, at the announcement on wednesday tcl and now uh, showed us a, a glimpse of something called the tcl fold and roll hopefully not the phone not the name of the phone that comes out a while uh, at the end but it essentially is a phone that unfolds to become a tablet like a mini tablet like the z fold uh, it's actually closer to what the mate x did the mate x2 as well not the X to the X, where the the display is on the outside. So when you close the phone, the display is sitting on the outer uh, on the outer display. There is no closing on the other side. Where the fold and roll takes it to the next step is they took what uh, Oppo did with the Oppo X twenty twenty one, and it allowed it basically to roll out. That became part of the phone as well. So where I think LG teased us with a with a rolling uh, the phone where it expanded um, as kind of like a scroll but more of a sideways expand like the X twenty one. Those were also another kind of announcement that was done. Uh, now, Mi Mix Fold is very much a Xiaomi approach to what we get from foldable uh, devices. The price point is going to be less. It's going to be a, I mean, if it does become available internationally, it definitely will become a very big competitor because it'll give the opportunity to more people to try foldable smartphones without having to shell out the price point. 
Um, I can say this much that the Z Fold 3 has not held up its market, uh, it, its resale value since uh, announcement, and it has been has not been that long. Uh, you can find them now close to about a thousand dollars, maybe eleven $1 hundred dollars uh, used on Swappa in the U.S. at least. So you have to appreciate having more options and more selections. And of course, then you know uh, Samsung has another announcement coming up at, on the twenty eighth. So we're having more unpacked again this year. This is going to be what we saw last year, and I think uh, OEMs are loving doing multiple events across the year. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, so we uh, okay. Uh, okay. So Majid's asking me which what is my main uh, my main daily driver right now, and what do I think about Huawei, uh, basically, especially in the market right now. So uh, primary uh, smartphone that I'm using is the Mi 11 Ultra. So that's the main main one that I'm using. Um, I also have my SIM card in uh, the uh, Red Magic 5G that I'm playing. So it depends on where I'm using there. The nine, the nine Pro is also my device. So as soon as I'm done with the Mi, uh, the Red Magic 5 6. I'm going to be switching back to this one. So I usually run two smartphones. Um, but as far as the Huawei situation, I mean, there hasn't really been that much improvements, uh, any really change in the conversation. Um, we are seeing more, uh, like the, the new P series is going to be coming out very soon. Obviously, that's going to be their new camera system. So there's definitely going to be conversations going on. But as far as actually overall performance, uh, the the studios, I think I still need to kind of get around to doing that video as well. I have the, the uh, Huawei Studio headphones. Um, and I need to kind of finish that video as well. So hopefully soon. Uh, and I, I hope that kind of answers the question you're going for there. Uh, let me see here. Um, oh, Devin, here's so how is the P40 Plus? Do you still uh, do you still use yours? So unfortunately, I don't. Uh, they took that one back. Uh, so the uh, I think the Pro Plus. Uh, there's the Pro, the Pro Plus. The the, the approach to, to to what we got there. They're, it's a, it's a very solid performing smartphone. Battery life was great. The display is very nice. The camera system is very nice. Uh, but I think overall, what ended up happening for me is that at the end, after installing, so we had the ability of installing Google, Googleify. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. I did a video for XDA where we were able to sideload Google Play services onto the P40 Pro Plus. But no, the P40 Pro, not the Pro Plus. The Pro Plus, I couldn't do it because of, of a software limitation at the time. It may be fine now, but at the time, that was a concern. So I posted that video over, um, and of course, the overall performance got way more. It became more functional once you have Google Play services. Uh, as a smartphone, though, it's cameras. There was no question uh, Huawei has done their homework, the improvements, the 4K capabilities. You know, finally getting 4K 60 across uh, on, on the different lenses. It's, it's a big move, especially when you get into the smartphone there, especially with Huawei. Uh, so definitely a very nice one. Unfortunately, I do not have that anywhere. Uh, I don't have that uh, that device. Um, let me see here. Uh, I haven't bought a phone on Swapa yet. Chemi, okay, so Chemi said, I haven't bought a phone on Swapa yet. Uh, busy and uh, contemplating uh, for week, uh, for me lately. You know what? Swapa's overall performance as far as smartphones, it's it's definitely a lot better than eBay. And you could definitely trust the, uh, the support from their staff if there's any issues with your sale. Um, and you're able to find some really decent deals there as well. Uh, you are also able to negotiate, which is very nice. That's something that's different than what we get with eBay. Typically, not as much negotiations going on. Um, Khalid uh, Chain saying is, uh, good morning, TK. Uh, it's evening here in Scotland. Uh, hope you're doing well and everybody uh, here as well. Definitely. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, Khail, sorry. I, I said Khalil. I made, made a mistake there. Yes, um, definitely. Um, DTS jumping back. Uh, hey TK, if uh, if Google go with a custom uh, the Whitechapel SOC, uh, do you think it will affect Android updates on Qualcomm? So it's going to be something th that is a, a little 
actually, we'll take that back. Okay, so there's Android updates are pushed in, in two different forms. There's the source, and then there is what Google releases on their smartphone. So the Android version, uh, the, the version of Android that runs on Pixel is not the version of Android that Google sends over to other OEMs. There's the base, there's the AOSP that everybody feeds off of. So Android is, you know, Google starts there, and then they build on top of that to release their version and their custom version for Pixel. Now, most people refer to that as stock Android because it seems to be the closest one to well, it is the vision of what the primary version. This is what Google envisions their version of, of Android to run. So those little customizations, the camera app, the dialer, all of those little things, the Google Play services, AOSP doesn't have those. Um, those are the things that typically got come out there. Now, will having uh, basically Whitechapel be as a SOC for the Pixel 6 affect that? I feel like it doesn't really affect it as much, uh, at least within the last ver generations of Android, like 10 and 11, I want to say. Um, OEMs have been working with Google a lot earlier in the fold uh, in in the conversation. So an example would be this: There's a very good chance that next month, in about a couple of weeks or so in May, that OnePlus will be releasing their alpha, their first alpha of Android 12 for Oxygen OS, and that's typically how it goes. Uh, Color OS last year, if I'm not mistaken, they announced. ColorOS 12 on the same day, sorry, ColorOS 11 on the same day as Android 11 became official when it came out of beta because they were testing it before. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, the release of software updates from like, One, uh, like OnePlus, Oppo, Xiaomi, uh, Vivo, all of the other carriers or OEMs, it's just going to be consistent. I don't. I, so I don't. There will not be any big issue there, uh, as long as their involvement doesn't change. I think that'll be still a very good conversation. So yeah, my real name. My real McDaddy. Oh man. Yes. Uh, thank you, Majid. I, I appreciate that. He's saying he's wishing everybody. Hopefully, everybody does. Shufak. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got it. I got it. Um, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, always, always appreciate TK. Uh, let me see. Here. I think I may have missed a couple of comments here. Da -da -da. Uh, here. Sabaho. Um, uh, oh, Taki Touch. Uh, hey, man. Sabaho. Sabaho. Ahlan wasan. Welcome. Uh, let me see here. Yeah. Oh man, oh, yeah, so many people. I... <laughs> yeah, thank you, DK. That makes a lot of sense, um, and, and does put my anxiety a little. Yeah, no, definitely. There's there there is a very different conversation. And then there's just kind of for reference. Um, although Huawei cannot necessarily upgrade to uh, Android 11 as as simply, mostly because of the uh, some parts of AOSP. But again, they're not part. They're not part. They're not working with Google anymore on Android uh, development. That's why their latest EMUI build is still built on Android 10. So there's that level. But I think Harmony is going to be replacing their system at, at a very certain near future. So that's not going to be a big issue. I think they're fo focusing heavily on at least on the Huawei camp on Harmony OS. Uh... Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's there's a lot of things kind of like to appreciate going on. Um, I think TCL is definitely, it, this is the year for TCL to take a big, good stronghold um, in, in the US at least as, as a market. Uh, they already have a very good stronghold on TVs, so TCL TVs with Roku in the U.S. Uh, we also have a lot of a big reference uh, also with their existing lineup from last year. They're no longer trying to, uh, they're not trying to use the Alcatel sub-brand. Now they're going straight with TCL. That's the biggest push also that we're starting to see. Uh, and they have a very good existing relationship with carriers. Now, 
I do notice though that it seems like TCL's approach, or at least global market approach, it seems like the U.S. is the last market to release that uh, the the ten the twenty pro. I saw that tweet there, and I don't know why the tweet got removed. But the short answer, um, the twenty pro is definitely going to be a very big upgrade. Hey, let me see if I can do this one right there. Uh, it's definitely showing us to have the biggest improvements over what we saw last year. Uh, so definitely a large display. Uh, sorry, I'm, I have the the spec sheet on the say, on the side because. With the devices not being in hand, it's hard for me to remember all the specifics. Um, we have 4,500 watt uh, mAh battery, 18 watt charging, uh, 48 primary shooters, 16 ultra wide, 5 megapixel macro, and 2 megapixel depth. Uh, and we have 4K30 on that one, and it's going to be a 32 front facing with 4K30. So they're jumping it up 4K30 on the front facing sensor as well, which is a big change. That's something that we don't even get with the most, like even with this, the, the most expensive or most advanced version of Xiaomi smartphones, it's capped at 1080p on the front facing camera. That's something that we should not be doing in 2020. Now, audio is still going to stick to mono. I, hope, I was a little bit hoping for stereo speakers, uh, but it does look like it's going to be supporting uh, global 5G bands as well, a band um, security front, you know, uh, in display fingerprint sensor, Android uh, 11 out of the box uh, with, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, the, seven, the Snapdragon 750G. Uh, so definitely the gaming processor supporting 5G, but not the 765. Um, and we'll, we'll see basically with the, the L series that, that supports ultra wideband. Uh, but definitely very, I mean, it's a decent contender in the, in the, in the mid-range processor, but it's the one that definitely doesn't look it. If you have to kind of pick a phone that gave you the, the best look for the for the price, the 10 Pro was an amazingly designed uh, smartphone, and we definitely carry that in with the 20 Pro. So you're, you're getting a lot more of those functions there. The, there is going to be a foldable released later this year, and they're also, they're also going to be releasing their studio glasses, or at least their cinema glasses. Uh, those are the displays that they showed at the beginning at CES 2021, uh, the virtual side. And essentially, it's basically those uh, kind of like other displays where you you see like, like a large uh, camera lens is in front of you. They're not used to watch anything uh, to see through. And you can basically connect them to your smartphone and then enjoy content from your phone. So like watching movies on like a large format screen displays in front of you, uh, it's going to be a very, very easy uh, very nice. I tried them out last year in the 2020 CES while I was at, right before the show started, and they looked amazing. The sound was definitely very nice, um, although at the time they were prototypes, and it seems like they're actually finishing it up this year. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm very much a big, uh, very big supporter of them, and I can't wait to see. Um, oh, Kamel, yes, yes, yeah. We, so we talked a lot about the, the Xperia 1 Mach 3. Uh, at the beginning of the show. So the the overall, I would say, if I had to kind of recap that part of the show, I would say um, Xperia 1 Mach 3 is a very substantial upgrade in the overall experience uh, from the Xperia 1, not from the Xperia 1 Mark 2. I think there's some upgrades that are done there because they kind of like doubled down on what you're getting there. Uh, but it seems like it's going to be around roughly about 1300, at least according to the leaks, and about 1100 for the Xperia 5 Mach 3. Uh, the design is going to be similar, very much very similar to what we get on this, um, you know, side-mounted fingerprint sensor. We have an additional customizable button that's going to be, that's something that came over from the Xperia Pro. Uh, headphone jack stays there, IP68, uh, SIM support, SD card support. 4K 120 is, is going to be the new refresh rate on that display, as well as the ability of shooting 4K 120 video when Cinema Pro on the back sensors as well. Um, the other improvement there is the uh, the larger, not the larger, the new focal length for the telephoto lens because of the uh, moving elements in the telephoto sensors that now is mounted sideways to the phone as opposed to being straight out. It's going to be a sound sideways uh, mounted uh, sensor. Uh, and we're going to have basically 16, 24, 70 millimeter, which is similar to, what we had, similar to what we had last year. 
but now we also have a dedicated 105 mode now you're still able to do the the scroll all the way up to 200 but that's different you know when you're doing that that's usually some digital zooming having a standard focal length that means at 105 now the, the images are going to be very clear as if you have a 105 millimeters lens uh, sitting on the back of your phone so yeah uh, uh, faster charging, uh, and I mentioned also the uh, updated uh, internal uh, application for the camera app, a whole bunch of different things. There's a lot, and then 5G, of course, uh, all across their uh, lineup. I know that the uh, one Mach 2 European model supported 5G, but this one will support 5G, at least in the US for us as well. So yeah, hopefully that kind of gives you uh, the, the big kind of rundown back of that one as well. Let me see here. Da, da, da. Um, so the Xperia 5 Mach 3 TK, I, I'm in love with it. Uh, really exci excited about the, the, compare, the, the comparison of those. So yeah, the, the 5 Mach 3 is definitely, uh, it's, it's the smaller of the two. So the form factor, definitely it's the, the one that will probably most appeal to many, many people. It still has a very beautiful uh, display, 1080p, 120, which is similar to what we saw last year. Uh, but you're getting the benefit of the lens system that we have in there, uh, the charging, the HS power control, all the optimizations minus the 4K 120 display that we had on the one Mach five, uh, the one Mach three. So, um, I think Jermaine is really very big uh, supporter. If I'm not mistaken, Josh also, uh, or I think, uh, you know, is a big fan of that as well for the Xperia five Mach two. Uh, it's going to be a really good selection uh, of options. They're releasing both smartphones and I feel like both are well-rounded now where last year I would have probably said. The Xperia 1 was uh, the Mark II side, at least. The 1 was a great for content creation and content consumption because of the display with the 4K panel. And I felt like the Xperia 5 was great for content creation and gaming. That's the the, the focus level. Now, they're both very well-rounded. And they're going to be coming out both in summer, but I have a feeling, or at least one also kind of you know supported that on Thursday, uh, is that he uh, essentially thinks that the first one will come out kind of like the way we got it last year sometime in July, where it was the Xperia 1 Mark II, and then the Xperia 5 will probably come more on the tail end of summer, like closer to the end of around August, September timeline, uh, right before we transition, obviously, to fall. So we'll have to see. Um, it's all about the ROG 5, uh, 5 Ultimate, baby. Oh, man. Matt Tyler's in the chat. Okay, might as well switch conversations now, man. Uh, Habibi, Habibi, thank you, Kevin. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, Gate95 here. Uh, just here to say salam. Ahlan wa sahlan. Uh, I hope everything else doing well. Catch, catching up with you guys later. Thank you for stopping by, man. Always, always appreciated. Um, let me see here if I can. Thank you. <laughs> Matt Tyler's jumping in with the ultimate. Man, dude, honestly, I wanted to try the ultimate. I wanted to see what it was all about. But I, I am not going to lie. I'm very happy with the ROG Phone 5. Uh, from the 2 to the 5, since you got a chance to play with the 3, I never got a chance to. So I don't really have an idea of how the approach was done. I feel like it's an upgrade from the five to from the two to the five. That's truly the upgrade that I wanted to see last year. A greater, a better headphone jack, larger battery, faster charging, a whole bunch of things going on with the ROG Phone Five. So the ultimate just kind of like makes takes takes that amazing phone and just wraps it and does more things. And um, the Pro, although which I, I didn't understand why ASUS did this, but they gave the Pro the color of the color rear display, and they gave the uh, monochrome to the Ultimate, which I'm, I'm I know kind of roughly why, but I felt like they could have both benefited from having the color display, and then you just displayed monochrome colors on the, the on the color display. You know what I mean? I like give them the flexibility to do more, maybe with the Ultimate, but. You know, I you know with with ROG's uh, infinite wisdom, or at least ASUS's infinite wisdom, they they stuck with that there as well. Um, he's like <laughs> he's laughing. He's like just jumping, uh, jumping back in there after uh, having to be have, wasn't on there for some time. I appreciate it, man. Always, always. 
Uh, Chemi's dumping in, jumping back in with a question here. Hey, TK, besides the updates uh, to the Oculus, uh, sorry, um, T okay, besides the update of the Oculus 220 Hertz, is there something something you're waiting to see this year as far as VR or AR? Uh, actually, more of the wearable uh, glasses, the AR glasses that we saw announced at CES. Those are the ones I'm really more looking forward to. Um, although I appreciate having faster refresh rate on a VR headset, obviously for gaming and that experience with the Quest uh, and, of course, with Oculus's updates as well. Um, I actually still like the first version of the Oculus Quest. I didn't really find a big issue or big reason for me to jump over to the next generation. Wearable uh, AR and VR glasses, those are going to be, I feel like, the next level. Uh, why am I interested in glasses like this from, from Razer is because this is the area, like we have a smartwatch, so we have a really well-defined ecosystem for smartwatches, and we have so many selections to be able to look at glasses we had a spike at one point where we kind of saw you know i think sony was going into them we saw uh if i'm not mistaken i think um nord we obviously you know uh you know the glasses by nord but those those north i think they kind of went out uh since google bought them uh, but we've seen like at different generations but we haven't really been seeing them very much mainstream push um at qualcomm summit that i was able to attend in maui a couple of years ago i think 2019 uh, we saw a lot of different options. So AR glasses, definitely more so than VR. Because Quest kind of demonstrated to us that VR doesn't need to be tethered. We can have very powerful VR experiences with hel helmets or headsets that are outdoors away from PCs, not tethered. Uh, and I think that's what I liked about them. But AR is the next level, the ability of getting augmenting experience through your glasses that we normally have to wear. For me, I wear them all the time. So if you don't wear glasses, obviously the conversation changes a little bit. But if you are, or if you do, this is definitely something that we would we, we, benefit your, um, I would say basically overall experience and user experience there. So I'm looking for a lot of those things as well. Um, and TK started on time today, so we can do uh the you know uh <laughs> Davin davis i like that <laughs> i did kind of start on time this time yes actually i uh i'm i i'm going to say i'm going to pat myself on the back i was uh i was surprised i was actually able to because typically what will end up happening is that i in doing something and so on and i'm not going to lie literally the last thing i end up doing that usually ends up pushing me all, all over the the start to by a, a certain amount of time is I end up having to go make uh, either from making my coffee or from making my drink. That takes me into another place where just getting ready for the stream. It was so easy this morning. I set up everything and turned on, tweeted about it, and then boom, we were able to start. So very, very, very nice. Um, George Brown is putting in there. Um, okay, so actually that's a great question, George. So let's let's bring that up. So George Brown's asking uh, or say, commenting says, "I'm concerned with the selfie camera on the Xperia One Mark III. I just hope it's better than the uh, than the 11." Uh, so I I'm assuming you meant the uh, Mark uh, the One Mark II. So from what I've been told, at least on paper, it's the exact same sensor. Is it better? Is it uh, is it different? We won't know much. Sony hasn't really been talking about it too much. I can say this much though: from the One to the Mark, One Mark II. It really didn't change much. It's very much the same experience. Uh, video calls, everything like that that normally uses video sourced from that camera is going to work perfectly. Or not perfectly, but will work well for, for those type of experiences. It seems like Sony's doubling down on an alpha experience. It essentially is trying to bring their DSLR, their SLR camera experiences onto their smartphones. And those engineers are always going to focus on the primary sensors on the back because that's where they've done all their work. I don't think Sony is focusing that much on the front-facing experience. Now, they did do something slightly different, though, 
they upgraded the, the, the default camera app, or they're calling it the simple app now, uh, to be more uh, in tuned or integrated into some of the functions that we get with the, with the camera pro. So hopefully better processing can be done on the 8 megapixel front-facing camera, so maybe we'll get better images. So there is a little bit to be said there, although sensor is the same experience may be different so that's what i meant to kind of uh, summarize there um as far as some of the other options i did i didn't get a chance to get an answer from them uh, as far as if they are going to be pushing some of these updates like the updated camera pro to push down to the one mark two or the one uh, but more than likely typically that's what we end up getting like what we get the 4k 120 that came on the xperia 5 last year uh, did come over on the Xperia 1 Mark II uh, with the Android 11 update. So very much a possibility. And they've actually updated the Xperia 1 Mark II um, after Android 11. Uh, I actually received another update very, very shortly after. So they're they're working on it. So hopefully we'll, we'll definitely see that as well. Um, Taki Touch is asking, is um, OnePlus 8T still worth, it in, uh, still worth it or not in 2021? So there's a different. So here's the thing: the the nine and the nine pro now that they're out, and we're obviously able to see what are the differences. So the OnePlus eight and the OnePlus sorry, the OnePlus nine and the nine pro are in in a way better than what you get with the OnePlus eight T, but that doesn't really take away from the OnePlus eight T as much as as we want to say. Uh, the eight T is still compelling. I think more than likely the price point on it's a little bit better. You're still benefiting with the sixty five watt charging because the technology was introduced with it. You have the 1080p 120 hertz refresh rate display. You're not going to get the QHD, but again, for gaming, it's going to be great. Uh, long, uh, large battery uh, optimization of Oxygen OS, all of those things that you typically expect from OnePlus. So I think it's a very, very solid device. I mean, there's always a case, and I'm always a proponent of that, to try to give you a um, a flagship, uh, like a uh, like a one year old flagship. It still should still be holding its own in the year coming out. Now I agree, the AT may not be the eight Pro. But if you really compare the benefits that you get there, the features that you get there with the speed of charging and the op optimizations that are done there with Android 11, you're definitely going to get a very good experience. So for sure, if you're able to get a good deal on an AT, I would definitely jump on that. Uh, if you want to go uh, on as far as what they have with the 2021 right now, I feel like the uh, the 9 is a decent contender. The 9 Pro obviously is going to be the, the biggest change there, but they kept the same wide-angle lens on both. Uh, in the U.S., at least, the 9 has wireless charging. There's a lot to be said about what you're getting there. So, yeah, definitely, I'm with you on that one. Uh, TK, okay, so uh, Dominic Wong is saying, TK, I figured it out now. It seems to be YouTube is crashing in Firefox at 720p because it's fine in the uh, in Chrome. Definitely uh, some something wrong with Firefox. And speaking of which, th thank you for, well, I'm glad you were able to figure out. Let's, let's start it there. Um, there is a there was an announcement or at least an email that I got from uh, Amazon letting me know that the Firefox browser will no longer be supported on Firefox uh, on Fire TVs or Fire uh, Fire devices essentially from uh, Amazon and that they wanted uh, wanted people to switch over to the Silk browser. So I'm not sure if there's something going on with Firefox at least. Uh, but yeah, uh, I can I can I, I would never imagine why YouTube would work better in Chrome than any other browser. It's I'll I'll let you read between those lines. I think that'll be the best way in there. Um, George Brown said, "I'll be happy to uh, I'll be happy with a selfie camera uh, with 12 megapixels, 4K 60 recording. Uh, is uh, uh, it's it's enough for me and for my needs. I agree. Uh, there's no there's no reason for it. I mean, so obviously we want to have bigger sensor here. Eight megapixel is not. They're not trying to give you like that." Some other carry, uh, manufacturers will put, you know, like 20 and 32 megapixel sensors, but then all you can do is 1080p and not even 1080p 60. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, Sony, my hope is that Sony does push a little bit more on the processing and improves the, the experience on the front. Although with that sensor and what we've seen it being capable of doing within the last couple of years, I am imagining not that much has been improved. Maybe some software tuning. Again, the camera app being changed from the default to having a simple mode of the camera pro, it will definitely do some improvements, some, uh, some optimizations for us there. So I definitely appreciate that there. Uh, Goran says, uh, Oh, he's he's responding to ADT. Uh, you're in good mood considering uh, whether whether in check uh, right now uh, uh, is screens okay. Okay, so I think it seems like you guys are having some bad weather. So the screen brightness is supposed to be a little bit better. Yes, they did say that the brightness level was going to be a little bit better, but I'm not sure how it's going to be with 4K 120. We have to keep in mind it's a new panel. There's that type of experience. I'm hoping it's better than what we had with the Xperia One Mark II. We uh, Juan and I talked about that on Tuesday as well, uh, Thursday as well. Um, George Brown back with, uh, is saying is, um, sorry, um, if you said this TK, but, uh, the Xperia Mark three is going to be actually native 4k with four with 120, uh, Hertz, or is it going to be a marketing by Sony? No. So many people have asked that even the, uh, uh, P other PR agencies, it is going for native 4k. It is not what they did last year with the upscaling to 90 frames per second. So it's a 4k 120 Hertz refresh rate panel. That's where I was kind of commenting on on Goran, uh, sorry, on uh, yeah, Goran's comment. The the brightness may not be as much better, so that's the other concern. When you get to that level, when you're pushing uh, new panels and so on, so my hope is that it's better for outdoors use. I'm not talking indoors. Indoors, obviously, you could definitely uh, appreciate. Uh, you could you could see the panel. It's bright enough. It's clean. It's easy to see. Uh, we were talking more about outdoor brightness, like peak brightness. So hopefully, we'll be able to see that as well. Uh, improved on the Xperia Five One and Five Mark Three. Uh, but yeah, no, we, we did cover that one as well. That, uh, Goron vaccinated, but careful. Uh, yeah, actually speaking of which, uh, today, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, so today in California, at least here in, in, uh, in the U S uh, they opened up all, uh, the requirements for everybody to be able to get vaccinated. So that's going to be available as well. So for people that want to, that are qualified, it's, it's anybody, I think that's 16 or above, uh, 16 or older, not above 16 or older can actually qualify, uh, where in the past they used to have to have uh, like a medical condition or something like that. I would definitely check with your local, um, I'd say local site to be able to check and see what the, what's available. Uh, three point run for Rom. Uh, in uh, okay, I'm not sure. Uh, Goran is answering. I think it's asking. Okay, let me double check here. So three point one for Rom, and uh, I uh, I don't remember them saying if it was going to be. I, I, I think I want to see uh, that that the, they didn't mention the specs. Actually, they did not talk about any of the specs when it came down to their hardware uh, types. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it probably will be three and LPDDR four at the very least. Uh, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sony decides to push it with 3.1 this year and five as well, like you're saying. So we'll have to we'll have to see what they uh, what they show. But I remember in the release or in the information that they released, they were not specifying uh, the, the specific type of RAM and storage that they're using. Uh, yes. So Goran, of course, yeah, that vaccination that that's partially part part of the answer. Uh, but masks will will need to stay. I'm trust me. I'm I deal with it all the time. My beard is always like this. As you guys saw some of the pictures I did with the Mi 11 video, uh, it yeah, I got bent beard the whole time. So I got to trim that on a little bit more. Uh, Davin Davis, yes, I think we're we're hitting that time of the show. It is that time. Actually, oh, wow. What? Uh, an hour and 48. Okay. So uh, obviously as... Uh, 
hope you uh, Aditya saying uh, I love that one. Uh, Aditya saying hope you and Mrs. Bay can get a uh, uh, get a convenient date uh, if you plan on getting uh, getting it as well. Definitely, definitely. And I think I think I want to be able to um, I, I want to be able to get back to some type of normal. I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I think it's more about just. Uh, go with what works, and I think you know. Obviously, with the one that, that goes the most amount of history, there is a little bit of concerns going on with some of the some of the options available. But yeah, for sure. Um, so it is, by the way, that time of the uh, the stream. Um, as usual, I always like to say, if you guys get a chance to go ahead and drop in uh, your uh, uh, the hashtag TKception uh, in there, uh, and we'll go ahead and start getting kind of like wrap. It's a little bit of the wrap up, but it's it's that time of the video. Uh, and I feel like uh, seriously, if there's ever been a mark that always, always works, that allows me to finish around the two-hour mark so that we don't go over and make it into a consistent type of an experience. Um, I always feel like you guys always keep me in check. <laughs> so I like that, and I like that very, very much. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I like, Dominic, Dominic is saying, uh, TK, you need to shave it uh, so here we at the end of <laughs> doesn't work with beards no it doesn't the n95 is not a friend to any beard. like seriously the amount of like when i go out and i see and i see dudes with with beards and they're wearing the mask i i feel for them and i've seen people that have even longer beards like it's seriously like this totally changes it and of course you wear it for an extended amount of time your beard kind of creases so yeah for sure uh with that being said as usual as always uh always always dominic thank you very much um having the same megapixel count as the previous gen. So as as we're getting the comments in there, I'll, I'll jump on that real quick, George. Um, so I have no problem with the sensors that we had last year and having them go over to the new sensors on the five, on the one Mach 3. The reason behind that is there are large sensors to start with. The image quality coming out of those lenses are beautiful and very nice, as long as you're composing it correctly. I'm not talking auto mode. I'm talking about like using camera mode and using into P, uh, you know, uh, priority shutter mode or aperture shutter mode. You're able to customize the experience very well. The third lens that we added with the new two separate focal lengths is a big change in the sense of what you normally expect from a telephoto lens. You no longer have one focal length. You have 70, nine, so you have 16, 24, 70, and 105. That is a very big change for, for any smartphone. So uh, no issues at all. Uh, hopefully the processing gets a little bit better also in their auto mode or their simple mode, which essentially is a simpler mode of their camera pro. So definitely a lot of things to be appreciated there. Uh, but with that being said, I think it's that time of the, the day. Uh, let's go ahead and share the screen. Uh, let me see here. Who's first? Uh, who's on first? No, who's on second? I'm just kidding. So we'll go ahead and start it up. Aditya, of course, starting us off with the right, on the right foot. Let's go ahead and do share screen. And uh, now, yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much to everybody. Hash, uh, Aditya always starting us off. TKR Bay, TK Alpha Bay, uh, TK Hipster Bay, of course, as usual. And then, of course, TKception. Uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us, of course. Davin Davis, uh, as always, as well. Uh, as well. Stay safe, all. Uh, Chemi Torres, big, big supporter, long, long time fan, and a big, big friend uh, since the long beginning, since our Germany times. Uh, Rinesh, of course, thank you very much. Uh, Dominic Wang, of course. Uh, boom, we got it. Yes. I love, I love the new cover, Rinesh. Looks really, really sleek, but, um, and of course, you know, with everybody also kind of, um, you know, just being, being part of the show, supporting the show and, you know, hanging out with us on Saturdays and kicking it with us, um, uh, just, it, it always ends up basically being something that I appreciate. And I can never say enough, um, to all of you guys for everything that you guys do. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things I always appreciate. Uh, Saturdays are, 
or literally like I wake up in the morning and the only thing I'm thinking of is the the show, hanging out with you guys, talking, what are we going to cover this week? Uh, and this week kind of, you know, kind of a little bit of a mix, a mix of different things. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about the Xperia's. Uh, we talked about OnePlus versus uh, Oppo Watch. That was a big thing also. And of course, uh, we also had the ability of talking a little bit about TCL, uh, Huawei, uh, Pixels, uh, White, Whitechapel, of course. And there's a lot of things going on as well. So uh, with that being said, I want to say thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us, spending your Saturday morning with me or evening or afternoon, depending where you are in the world. That's the beauty of the show. Uh, and that's partially a big part of what we are do, we're able to do um, on the internet is we can hang out with each other across times, across the uh, parts of the globe and all have fun at the same time. And we're talking. That's the big thing. We're talking to each other um, and we're able to get things kind of going through. Deck, uh, thank you very much. And Aditya, of course, thank you for, for being with us. Uh, the, the rock of the show, I would probably say, is Aditya as always. Uh, thanks for the chat. Lovely stream. Please stay safe, warm, and take care of yourselves as well. Uh, and of course, uh, be safe. You know, take care of everybody. I always say this at the show, at the end of it, at least. Um, if you have any friends or any fam uh, family that you haven't talked to for some time, or somebody that you haven't connected with for some time, reach out, say hi. Do something that you know at least shows them that you still uh, you know you're aware and you know you want to connect at some level, and it will always bring somebody a, a big smile and of course a, a big appreciation. Uh, for me, I love connecting with some of my old friends from high school, from college, and so on. So it, it just brings me back to uh, you know a, a simpler time. Let's just say that it takes me back to a simpler time. Uh, so with that being said, take care, everybody. Be safe. Uh, and of course, I'll see you guys next week for another show on the best of our week, as well as a Saturday morning with tech. Uh, look forward to some of those new content that we're going to put out. Uh, again, the T-Rex Pro, the Red Magic 6, uh, and then, of course, some other content coming out on the channel. I'll see you guys next time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.